when you take fishing, murder, music theory, cicadas, and a little bit of samurai revenge and mix them together, you get Bloodhook, a one-of-a-kind fishing slasher. We watch it so you don't have to, so you know what time it is. What's up, Moon Goons? Welcome to Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Mr. Marshall Hampton. Join me as always, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, say hello. Ahoy hoy. Ahoy hoy. Good enough. Um, this week's movie is a <laughs> obscure, odd, one-of-a-kind, sl- I guess you call it slasher from yeah. the mid to late 80s. Yeah, I guess you could maybe <laughs> call it a slasher. I mean... It's about a, a single killer, so I don't know, but it's called Bloodhook. Bloodhook. Uh, a fishing movie. Yes. <laughs> um, but speaking of hook, there's one movie that I am not letting off my hook so soon, and that's The Last Slumber Party. Oh, shit. Um, now, last week's episode, I went on a bit of an insane tirade near the end, um, so I kind of apologize for that, but that movie just kind of put me in this weird demonic possession state of mind where Flow I just state. could not stop. Um, but I thought I'd let it go. But then the more I thought about this movie and the anger it made me, and it dawned on me that because of the ending, the whole, oh, the whole movie was a dream bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I looked back at the movie. I was looking back and then it made even zero more less sense about the opening. Because the opening of the movie, we see the killer escape the hospital. He goes into that one girl's bedroom, remember? Yeah. She screams and she's like, oh, the heat in the cop's room. He went that way. And we have our main group of guys driving by in the street of horse. In the Volkswagen. In the thing. Volkswagen. But if the whole but then it turns out the whole thing was a fucking dream and he hasn't escaped the hospital yet. So the opening of the movie makes zero sense. Stop. Zero just, just stop. We're done with that movie. I We're just, moving on. I know, but I, I couldn't. It's like, oh my God, this thing is going to, it, it just gets worse and worse. So anyway, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to let it go so we can move on to Bloodhook. But that movie is an abomination. This is the first time the it's like, I think we've ever carried over into another episode to continue your bitching about one movie. It may, it may be, it may be. Uh, I know in the past we, we did an extra, we, we dragged on. We thought we were signed off. And then we came back and bitched afterwards, but I've never carried over two episodes before, <laughs> but I just can't believe like, let it go. Okay. Let it go. All right. Catch and release Marshall. Catch, Catch and release. He's <laughs> perfect. Perfect analogy here. Uh, uh, all right, so let's go back to Bloodhook. Let's focus on this. Bloodhook, a fishing massacre. Yes, uh, it was initial release was in 1986. Now it was picked up and distributed by Troma, but it's not an official Troma movie. Yeah, I got fucking 
dick teased on that one when I saw <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman presents and it's it's like trauma films. I'm like, all right, it's gonna be kind of slapsticky, kind of fun, kind of kooky ooky. All right, I kind of like those kind of horror movies. Um, nope. So it's written by Larry Edgerton, John Galligan, David Herbert, Jim Mallion, Doug Rand, and Gail Anderson. That's six fucking writers. So right off the bat, you know you're in for a real shit fest when a movie has that many writers. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So it, nothing's it's going to be bad. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Uh, it's also directed by uh, Jim Mallion, who's one of the directors to, or writers too. Everyone wants to be a hero. How many other analogies? Now, um, but the thing is, Jim Mallion. He never really directed another horror movie or anything after this, but he went on to a pretty successful career, or at least a good, not a, a successful stint, we'll say. Okay. Um, Lay it on me. As a producer, director, and writer for Mystery Science Theater 3000. Right on. He was there on part of that show for years and so years. Wait, the guy who actually helped create this movie yes. went on to be a part of a of a. Cult phenomenon, cult phenomenon show that makes fun of that bad makes movies. fun of movies exactly like this. Yes, and I'm kept surprised. Like this should have been on that show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He and for years he was part of that show. Like a long, he was a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can find this movie on Amazon Prime for free right now. So I'm not sure if it's on YouTube or anywhere else, but it's on, it's free on Amazon. Um, the taglines for this movie are kind of ridiculous. Uh, of course, they're all fishy related, which is kind of funny. Um, one of there's like four of them. One's blood sports of the humankind, uh, live bait, but not for long. And you can't worm your way out. <laughs> and then simply the last one was fishing was never like this. And that's, those were the taglines. I like live bait, but not for long. That's my favorite one. Four um, separate taglines. Yeah, huh? four separate ones. Huh. Uh, and the cast, uh, there's really no one worth mentioning because um, no one really went on to do much after this of any significance. But there, which is weird because there's at least one or two people in the cast that actually, in my opinion, do a pretty solid job and like crush the part they have, like knock out the part. Like I'm surprised we didn't see her or she didn't go on to do more other work later. Um, but anyway, so yeah, really no one worth mentioning that you're going to recognize in the cast. So. The movie itself, we're going to bait this hook. We're casting out. Here we go. The movie opens right with the credits. There's no cold opening on this at all. Um, after the credits, we're taken to a small lakeside cabin where the song Fishing for Your Love plays. Um, and for some reason, this cabin has its own, like, motorized mine car gondola thing on track. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I haven't it's, seen anything I've like it before. I've never seen anything like this it before. It totally makes me think of like, a, you know, a coal town or something where yes. it's like they'd be loading coal and shoving it up the, you know, small bluff or whatever to get yes. to the next location. Or maybe but, even a logging town or but, something, but yeah. Right. It's some sort of, it has some sort of industrial purpose or it did at one point, but it's basically just being used to As cart, a trolley. Yeah, as a trolley to help people down kind a of a hill. Kind, kind of, of a steep hill. hill. But it's very much walkable. Very much so. Um, and we see this kid riding down in this thing uh, to a cabin or like a, a boathouse or something on the water where his grandfather's fishing on the docks. Uh, on the dock is an old tape recorder, tape and, player. And when we say tape player, it's reel to reel. Yeah, reel to reel. Yeah, it's not like a cassette tape. It's no. a reel to reel player. Yes. Uh, which this fucking kid has to ask what this thing is. And hey, fair enough. No, you know? no, I had interest because I'm like, this kid's like at least 10 years old. He would know what a fucking tape recorder is in this day and age. Like, I'm not saying, because this is a flat, you know, pre-1986. So let's say this is 
They said 17 years ago. Yeah, so 70s, late 60s, maybe. Yeah, 69. I'm still saying a 10-year-old kid, those things are common enough. People know what music are. He's going to know what a goddamn tape recorder is. It, it, it looks weird. I got no problem with it. You love bashing kids when they ask dumb questions. <laughs> I, I feel so bad for your daughter when she starts asking a bunch of questions. You're like, come on, kid. Get hey. with it. <laughs> come on, I'm not that bad with it. Uh, anyway, the grandfather explains how it works and he even speeds up the track so it's played in like Fast fast forward, mm-hmm. uh, which apparently pisses off all the nearby crickets and cicadas because they start going ape shit. Uh, and I don't mean they, they start attacking the old man or anything, which would have been awesome if they did. They start making this crazy Yeah, noise. they just get really, really loud, cicada noises. Uh, and then the old man, like, grabs his face like it's burning off or something, and he just falls headfirst into the lake, never to be seen again. And it looks fucking ridiculous. It's a real what the hell moment yeah, that you're watching this. It's but like, with with the cicadas getting loud, there's also like distortion coming from the tape player from the reel to reel. It gets fucking loud. It gets loud. Like I was watching it and I had to turn my television down because I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! There's distortion coming from the tape player. The cicadas are going nuts, and the guy's like, well, it's not that the, it's the, the tape player is that distorted. It's that he's it's, he's playing in like fast but, forward. But there's mode an electric and... noise that's going with it. There's some sort of distortion, some sort of other high pitch. Squeal I think that's, that's coming. A, I think it's just a vocal coming from finger, you know, high pitch. Yeah, it comes up later. It's 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 fucking um, annoying. Yeah. So the kid then just stands there at the end of the dock, looking at his grandpa's hat floating in the water, and then just turns around and leaves. So the kid's like, "All right, well, there went grandpa." It's a great, it's a great child actor right yeah, there. Great, no reaction to grandpa yeah, just, just losing. Watches shit. him fall into the water and sink away. <laughs> sink away. And then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go play with my GI Joes." Yeah, just runs off. Yeah, no I, screaming. No, no screaming. Grandpa, Grandpa, nothing. Nothing. Just too. All right, I'm gone. Uh, as Andrew said, we cut to 17 years later now, and we meet our main cast of characters as they drink and drive down some rural Wisconsin roads. I like these guys so far. <laughs> uh, there is a weird line that one of the guys says that hippie music makes me feel like I'm full of chowder. I know, I which like- kind of made me scratch my head and think, like, huh, that's a weird way to describe how a music sensation like full of chowder, like. <laughs> That's really weird. I, I don't know if that was an 80s saying he was trying. I was like, come on, guys. I'm going to have this sweet new saying. Yeah. That makes me feel full of chowder. <laughs> Hippie music makes me full of chowder. Man, this long drive just makes me feel full of chowder. chowder. <laughs> Boy, when the Cardinals lose, I just feel like I'm full of chowder. chowder. <laughs> huh? We get that on a shirt. What do you think, guys? Is it going to work? It's going to work. Yeah, yeah it's going to catch on. Uh, so then we just cut to the, a close-up shot of a fish getting his head cut off by Leroy Lukey. Uh, and good old Leroy Lutke is kind of this cranky old older man who always looks pissed off at this point because it's like, he, he has this look like he's like goes dang kid just won't keep off my yard. He's got that look yeah. in his face, it's like that resting bitch face kind yeah. of thing going on. Rest, uh, resting grumpy man face, and he sounds like he's more Canadian than from Wisconsin. Yeah, he's got a really thick northern Nor- Norwegian like, Nor- type. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of um, northern Europeans, uh, a lot of Norwegian, Swiss. Danish, they all settled in Minnesota. A lot of them, especially like a lot of the Norwegians, yeah, settled in uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota and those areas. So he's got a, he's got that thick, thick, real thick, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this RV pulls up and his family gets out looking for the campground nearby. Uh, Leroy points him in the right direction, and then the father goes on a really weird and kind of crazy rant about putting up signs and taxpayer money. And he's just like angry that there's of us. And then he's like flipping the switch. He's just like, oh, I'm also a doctor from Illinois. Do you sell bait? 
Uh, which I find hilarious they ask Leroy if you sell bait because they're standing it's right next to a us. bait shop. There's a giant sign on the side of the building that says live bait. And it's like. That's all really? it is. It's a goddamn bait yeah, shop. That's all it is. <laughs> um, you sell bait at your bait shop, sir? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, the doctor's son uh, is also fucking fascinated and nearly overwhelmed in awe at a goddamn stud finder. Again, like, these kids have no idea what anything is in this movie. I mean, you, again, I don't mind this. They're kids. And you're just like, fucking kids, you know what it is. I, it's not like he's five. The kid's like 13 years old. I didn't know what it was. Because I use a fucking laser-guided stud finder <laughs> to find my fucking studs because I'm in the 21st century, motherfucker. Well, but, now, but I mean, the, this is the old school. I've so never like, my used My dad had I've these never, things all the time. I've never seen one. All right, fine. And, 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 and guess what? Dad's a doctor. He's a urologist. He deals with dicks and pee holes all day. <laughs> you think that guy does any handiwork? No. So the kid's probably like, what the fuck is this? All right, fine. Whatever. He's yeah. a, he's still, Leave he, the kid alone, Marshall. He's still in awe of this fucking thing. And so Leroy gives the kid the stud finder as a gift and doesn't charge the dad for his bait. Yeah, because the asshole's trying to break it with 100 Yeah. What a, what a dick. Yeah. Here, uh, here's here's your $3.57 worth of minnows. Yeah. <laughs> Go to change your 100 and then you can tell the, the like Leroy Lucky is just kind of like, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, just take him. <laughs> uh, so before they leave, Leroy switches into kind of like doomsayer mode yeah. and tells them in like an ominous tone that fishing's okay, but the lake is not a playground, and we all have to treat the water with respect. And then Leroy just kind of stares at them as they get in the RV and and, and they leave. With rich, resting, grumpy old man face. So we go back to our main group who arrive in town and on the way and they stop by this giant musky statue yeah it's this huge it, it kind of reminded me of uh peewee's playhouse when they stop and they see that giant Tyrannosaurus rex and the giant uh yeah it, it, it's, it's, these were big like the or like 60s 70s 80s, like they, yeah. just these roadside attractions roadside attractions and it makes you kind of pine for those days yeah that it kind does of stuff. um but for those who don't know a musky is a type of fish um so uh Here's our educational moment for the week. I've done these in a while. Uh, a muskie is, is a relatively uncommon freshwater fish native to North America. It is the largest member of the pike family, and they're typically 28 to 48 inches long and weigh between 15 and 35 pounds. Some have reached up to 6 feet and almost 70 pounds long. Their normal habitat ranges from northern Michigan to northern Wisconsin to northern Minnesota, through the Great Lakes, and into Canada. Adult muskies nor- uh, are normally like kind of the apex predators of the- where they occur naturally and fun fact the nba team the minnesota timberwolves were actually originally named the muskies way back when before they became the timberwolves oh that'd be kind of cool they're still the muskies yeah you, but yeah they, they used to be that'd be so silly probably why they changed it probably why they changed it uh so now back to the movie all right so <clears throat> the group meets the self-proclaimed fishing maniac danny dobbins danny dobbins who challenges them to a casting contest uh, our one of our guys, Finner, that's his name, Finner, uh, accepts, uh, 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 accepts the challenge, and then kind of like Tom Cruise and Paul Newman in like The Color of Money, yes. he pulls out like like as they pull like a, you pull like a high end pool cue if you're a ring or something like that. Finner produces this big old case and pulls out his super fishing rod. Yes, he's got complete his... with custom hand grips and tassels. Yeah, he's got his little tassel on there too. It's it's. It's kind of, I kind of loved it. I was like, oh <laughs> shit, this is exactly what I was thinking. Color of money, you know, same kind of thing. It's like, uh oh, here comes the, he's, he's, this, uh, this local fisherman champion is bit off more than he can chew. Yep. Finner's uh, got something up his sleeve. Yeah, he makes his cast, hits the target, 
And good old Double D gets pissed off and accuses him of cheating. Because of tassels. You can't use tassels. Tassels aren't allowed on fishing rods. That's cheating. Uh, So, anyway, they ramble on. And in the background, there's a guy on the stage announcing the big musky fishing contest that is the headline of the musky fishing festival that's like a weekend long event up here yeah whoever catches the biggest muskie wins five thousand dollars uh our group leaves double d alone and they meet bev who introduces herself as the contest hostess and gives finner a hat for beating double d in the casting contest hat and a shirt and she's she's got she's She's got a little something for Finner. Yeah. She's she's uh she's she's smitten with that one. Uh she's a cute girl. Yeah. Uh she's bubbly, big eyes and like, just big bubbly girl. Great smile. Great smile. Yeah, real like pretty. That, that girl next door kind of feel. Yes. You know. The or you know, the country girl farmer's daughter type thing, like not yeah. really a farm, but uh so while they're talking, uh ups so up comes this old man who tries to grab Rodney's, you know, got boombox, which is playing music. Uh the old man's pissed and about the loud music and rants. He's going on rain, calls the boombox a goddamn headache machine and says that no one here can stand to hear that kind of crap. Uh, Bev kind of like get, intervenes and kind of gets the old man away and leaves the group alone. Yeah, he's got a big weird hearing aid and he's yeah. like all grumpy looking and kind of... Yeah, a lot yeah. of grumpy gusses in this movie. Yeah, A lot really. of grumpers. Um, so, grumpy grumpers. <laughs> we go back to our main group. They're driving up to Peter's family's cabin. We're sitting in a chair out front is this fat guy cleaning an M16 and ranting about some woman on the radio not knowing her trivia about, about whatever. About weapons. Weapons or about something. About guns. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, the fat guy introduces himself as Evelyn Durst. Uh, he rambles on about he was in the Army and trained in satellite communications. He's a uh, Our main dude, Peter, tells him that he's on, that he's on his property uh, Evelyn flips out and snaps saying, don't try to push me around or I'll torch this place. I'll burn it all down. Uh, they get distracted by Rodney, who's messing with some firewood and an axe. And then out of nowhere, the crazy guy who tried to steal the boombox just pops up. Yeah, he's there. And, like, we, and we learn that his name is Wayne Durst, and he's Evelyn's father. Uh, and I'm like, how the hell did this old guy get here so quickly? Like, they drove in a car away from the contest. And the guy's like, he just pops up, pops up on foot. Like, hey guys, I'm here. It's like, what? Shortcut through the lake. I who guess. Knows? Like, who knows? But yeah, he's there. So uh, we also learned that seems like Wayne. Okay, the old man we learned is, his name is Wayne. I think I just said that. Uh, he's supposed to be like the caretaker or something, and technically works for Peter now that Peter's inherited or he yeah, takes over the so cabin. I don't. I didn't. Let's let's talk about that for a second because I didn't quite understand what was going on. Okay. So. Peter's grandpa, we saw him die in the very beginning. Yes. Peter now is he inheriting this house? What like <sighs> from his dad? I mean, because his They never his, really explain yeah. why they don't I just assumed it was an inheritance or something. Right. Because I think like he's never he hasn't been here since he was a kid, since his grandfather died. And now he's just here. Yeah, and so, so I don't know if he inherited or maybe he's like, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna go up to the old family cabin. Right. They never ex- really clearly explain it and apparently they're they're like there's caretakers taking care of the property. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it really I'm, doesn't. I'm, it's it's just it's, uh, it's I shouldn't say it doesn't make sense. It's, it's just it's confusing. Not yeah, they, they, they it's ne- very confusing. They never explain why he's there. Convoluted. Yeah, it's a mess. Um. Anyway, Wayne loves to rant about how the whole world's gone crazy and always seems to be angry. Amen, Wayne. And then Wayne just out of the blue is like, "Fuck it, I quit." <laughs> Throws the keys down and storms off. Yeah. So apparently he was a caretaker of yeah. the property. It's like Pete shows up. He's like, "Ah, fuck you, I quit." He's like, you work for me, <laughs> not anymore. 
shit. Like, what? He just shows up for five minutes and he, and he makes this guy quit. Yeah. Holy shit. That's pretty impressive. You're a shit boss. Uh, our group heads inside the cabin to check it out. And inside, one of the girls plays a record, which just happens to be the Fishing for Your Love song by Vicky Lee again. Uh, this seems to kind of like upset Peter a bit because he kind of goes into like a, Oh, kind of like, like a trance. Flashback. Like, and you think you were going to get like the doodle doodle yeah, flashback yeah, thing, yeah. but it, that, it never happens. And then also, for some reason, Evelyn, it just follows them in and, and is just chilling on their couch. Yeah. It's like, what? Why are you just walking so, into their house? He wasn't invited. He's like, the, I'm just going to go in and sit on your couch. The guy was sitting on their property on the lawn <laughs> yeah. saying he's going to torch the place down, acting like a fucking lunatic. Yes. Going off about like military conspiracy theories. And just ranting like a nutcase. Yes. <laughs> now he's part of the group. Yeah, he's just chilling on the couch yeah, he's in there. <laughs> chilling, and, and no one seems to be like, what the fuck is that guy exactly. doing here? Exactly. Like, no one's like this. Everyone's like, like ah, eh, it's ah, cool. It's good old Evelyn. It's just, good old Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Who we just <laughs> met. And you threatened to kill us and burn down our property. <laughs> he's, he's cool. He's cool. Uh, Pete, he heads outside, hops in the mine car gondola thing. The cicadas get loud again. He has a flashback of being a kid with his grandpa fishing on the dock. Uh, we cut to the RV family now having dinner at a local eatery. The <laughs> mom won't stop talking about loons, loons, the bird. And several times, in the middle of the restaurant, just starts making loon calls like in the middle of the Woo-hoo. diner. Yeah. yeah. She's fucking insane. She has to be. She's crazy. And dude, the food they're eating, it's all fried. <laughs> It's like uh, it's fried I'm, fish. I'm, I'm looking at their food. I'm just like, oh, I feel like I gotta get the shits right now. <laughs> yeah, they're all eating fried fish. Yeah, fried fish, French fries, fried hush puppies, and just <laughs> all that shit. I'm like, oh, like like I already feel my stomach lubing up for a shit. That I <laughs> yeah, uh, it also turns out our main group is also eating at the, like the table next to them, next over, and we finally start learning some characters' names there. Like I so said, we had Rodney and Finner and Pete. But the girls were. We learned the one, the snobby city girl. Her name is Kirsten, and the other girl is Anne. Now Anne seems to be Pete's girlfriend, girlfriend, but that even that gets a little weird later. Yeah, and Kristen is just there. Pete kind of looks like she's Rodney's boy girlfriend. I mean, you think, kinda, but, but there's yeah. never. Like, yeah, but yeah, there's times when it's like he's like flirting with her, and they're like, "Yeah, what's up?" Yeah, and then there's other times he's like puts his arm around her, and she's like, "Get off me." Yeah, like it. It's really it's, weird. The relationships are really odd in this group, the dynamic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Finner gives the group an educational talk about owls, and then he just leaves. Like, sure. It's really fucking weird. Like, they're talking. He's like, do you know owls are nocturnal, blah, 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 and owls this, this. And he just gets up and leaves. It has, like, no bearing on the conversation, what they're talking about. I think it just <laughs> points out that Finner's kind of the odd man out of the group. He's kind of the weirdo. But the thing is, he's not. Rodney's the weird one, really. He's the uh, oddball. He's an 80s guy, man. He's, he's got super one earring. One earring yeah. He's got the boombox. The he's ripped got shirt. The ripped shirt. He's ripped like, jeans. hey, what's up? He talks He talks in crazy slang like chowder being full chowder. of chowder. Yeah. <laughs> the slang in this movie is so it's weird. So it's like they really did try to create their own slang that they hope they catch on. Like, like the writers like, never. I've never heard any 80s teenager talk before this. So he's like, let's yeah. make up our own slang. Yeah, how about full of chowder? Because even like Anne and some other people say some really weird things in yeah, this movie. they do, they do. Um, so, um, anyway, so yeah, Finner leaves. We go back to the RV family. The mom, who is now also obsessed with loons, is also obsessed with like old-timey movie stars. And she's getting pissed off because her husband doesn't treat her like Aubrey Hepburn. <laughs> so she tells the doctor... 
I don't even know the guy's a doctor dude. The yeah, RV matter. doctor tells that he came here to catch fish, and if she doesn't like it, then she can just leave and go stay at her sister's house. So that's what the mom does. In yeah, the middle she, of dinner, she's like, fine, like, fine I'm leaving. Fuck it. And I'm leaving it. my kids. I'm leaving my family. I'm going to go stay at my sister's house. God knows where. I will call a cab all the way from Green Bay to come pick me up and take me to wherever. And that's what she does. She that's gets a, up and leaves. <laughs> Didn't divorce rates start going through the roof in the 80s? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we go outside where the mom is walking on the docks because the, the diner's on the lake. Everything's on the lake. It's like yeah. every every building is on the lake in this in this town. Pretty sweet. Um, so she's walking down the docks at night, and she just starts doing more loon calls, just more woo woo, like more, more calls. And again, this seems to anger the cicadas, which get really loud again. Uh, the mom walks to the end of the dock and starts blowing a whistle, trying to get birds to call back. Uh, the cicadas get even louder at this point, and then from out of fucking nowhere, a giant like foot long fishing lure on a fishing line flies at her wraps around her, her neck, neck and we see a fishing pole like pulling back trying to re- reel it in fishing pole in the night strikes fear in the hearts of everyone yes, it does it? nothing scarier than a fishing nothing pole nothing scarier than a fishing pole pulling back and forth <laughs> uh, and then he gets back to the mom who's just spinning, spinning. in circles like, like a goddamn cartoon with her hands out other side yeah going, ooh, just going just like ooh, spinning ooh. around in circles it's like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon now and I'm watching this I'm like Okay, here comes the camp. Here yeah. comes the camp. And then she just gets pulled into the lake, she never to be jumps, seen again. She basically jumps into the water. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we're warming up for some camp. <laughs> nope, I was wrong. That's about as campy as it got. Uh, we cut back to Double D in his fishing hut, uh, boathouse, having a heart-to-heart talk with a muskie he has in a large metal trough-like bin or yeah, something. Like a, yeah, yeah. Uh, he puts a chip clip on the fish's tail so he can tell it apart from the others because it weighs three pounds more. So basically, he's planning on cheating in the fishing yeah, contest. Yeah, he's he's, grow- he's been growing this this fish for a long time, for months to get it nice and fat. When the fishing contest starts, he's going to release it and be right on top of it to catch it, so he can be like, "Yeah, look what I caught." Yeah, yeah, and and ergo winning the contest. Uh, he continues to monologue and reveal his. Yeah, no, his he's like cheating a, plan. He's like a James Bond he is, villain. He just, he's just monologuing his evil plan to cheat in the, the <laughs> and, fishing contest. And, and to beat musky madness yeah. just to win those that sweet five grand. And then we see Wayne pop his head up behind the window, in the window behind him, just like spying on Double D. Like a creepy, creepster. Uh, and then Double D just walks away. Wayne enters the fishing hut slash boathouse. Looks at the fish, calls Double D a goddamn cheap bastard. <laughs> he is. And then he just tips the trough over into, into the, the water. water, releasing the fish. Then he laughs like a madman. He, he laughs, <laughs> again, like a Bond villain almost. Like, ha, 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 yeah. <laughs> I ruined his plan. <laughs> He's not going to get a big fish. <laughs> and it's very dramatic. It is. It's, it's so weird. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> huh? And then we, it just cuts back to Peter and Anne lying in bed while Peter plays on a small electric keyboard. The two of them. Yeah. The two of them. It's like one of those keyboards you got when you were a kid. It's like a Casio. Yeah, it's like one of those ones like, I want to play the keyboard. Okay, here's the cheapest one we can find. Here you go, kid. Knock yourself out. You'd go, burr, burr, burr. Be like, this sucks. This is hard. I'm going to learn this. It's like your mom's like, good thing I only spent 20 bucks on that. <laughs> 
Uh, the two of them are talking about Peter's past and his feelings and emotions. And it's this scene, particularly, that don't, it, it clicked in my head that Pete reminds me or comes across to me as a very young Nicolas Cage. Like, I don't know, if Aaron, if you got that, but he's he, like, the way he talks and the way he looks, like, it's just young Nick Cage. Yeah, but not nearly as cool. No, like, not the, as cool. Like, 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 cra- like when Nick Cage was young and did all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, he's, he's not yeah. crazy cool. He's just like a poor man's young Nick Cage. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, Pete ends up getting upset and takes his keyboard and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm storming off. I'm taking my keyboard Take and my leaving. my keyboard and leaving. Uh, we cut to Finner and Rodney out fishing on a boat. Uh, turns out they they ended up catching Double D's cheating yeah, fish with yeah, a clip so, on it. So Finner's like, look, this fucking fish I found, it's got, why does it have a clip on it? And, the, and Rodney's like, come on, man, everyone in the 80s went all into fashion. <laughs> Everyone's wearing crazy things. This fish is wearing hair clips. It's cool. Yeah. It's an 80s fish. It's an 80s fish. <laughs> uh, it's got chowder, man. Speaking of Rodney, he's wearing a, he's wearing a fishing lure as an earring. His earring. Which just looks instantly. Really unsafe and unpractical considering he's got like nine hooks dangling off the thing. I kind of like it though. I kind of like it. I like Rodney. I like <laughs> Rodney's style. Uh, they spot Bev out for a jog and then like race the boat over to her. They basically ram the boat into the shore just to go talk they to Bev. Fucking, f- I was thinking, it was, oh my God, they're going to crash. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, f- they almost do. They floored it. And yeah. then I don't know how. Dude, Rodney's a great wheel, man. Was, I get because they, they time to pray. Like, he's like, and then just like right as they're about to hit land, it's like, and it they slows down just right enough in. to drift right onto it, so it's, it's like perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Uh, and this, these, again, these guys are all, except for maybe Finner and Pete. They're the city them, They're all city slickers who have like never been in the lake area before. They're from they're Chicago. The, yes, for Chicago. Thank you. Uh, so uh, As they talk, it's like, you Southerners. It's a very Game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> It's like anyone who's north of Chicago, that's the true north. Yeah. <laughs> like, we live in St. Louis. We're like, oh, yeah, that's way up north in Chicago. <laughs> Those Northerners in Chicago or the Wisconsin folk would be like, nah, they're Southerners. <laughs> they're not the true Northerners. Here, we're here. We're the true Northerners. Uh, so and Bev compliments them on their big catch. Because uh, Ronnie or Fawn was like holding this giant fish. The guy's like his hand like shoved up to the, the thing's gill and was, like holding it like a oh, yeah yeah like showing it off. It's um, gotta be four. It's four it's feet four or five feet. Like it's giant Huge. fish. Uh, anyway, she's like, oh, that might win you the contest. And it's like, hey, do you guys want to come over for breakfast? She's like super friendly. Like, I just met you guys for like five minutes. You want to come have well, breakfast at my house? Like, she's got a. She's got a. A feeling for the thinner. You think like, it's weird because they always talk about it's like southern hospitality only it's in the north. Well, they're they're incredibly friendly too, but she she's gonna be a sinner for the thinner. Yeah. Uh, so. We- <laughs> Thank you. That was a delayed reaction, but I liked it. <laughs> uh, so we cut to the house where we see that she's left her infant son alone in a play cage. Uh, he's a toddler outside the house. He's still an infant toddler. He's, Kid's fine. He's maybe two years old. Kid's fine. She grabs her son. They all go inside. And uh, I did like how Finn. Okay, yeah, brought the fish with him. He brought the fish in with him. But I like the fact that while they're eating, Finner says her. When you leave him alone out there, aren't you afraid he might get eaten by a bear? To which Bev actually says, well, he might, but I don't give him any sweets beforehand so bears can't pick up on the scent. Like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) You actually seem okay with the possibility of your son getting eaten by a bear. And she acts like, well, if it happens, it happens. Survival of the fittest. That would be his fate. 
can't beat fate. He's like, it's just like, what the fuck, lady? It, it was the 80s in Wisconsin. The craziest response. Like, well, it might happen. You never know. Who knows? Nothing I can do about it. It's, it's, gonna, the, law, it's it, the law of nature. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're all going to die someday. Am I right? Jesus Christ. And sh- then she goes on to say that mama has to be happy too. So she's like, yeah, I got a kid, but uh, fuck the kid. I got to take care of mama first. I got to I gotta jog. I have to jog. I got to be happy and go jog. She's a fitness nut. She's we're a talking fitness about, like, nut. Fitness fanatics. She's like a fitness like freak. Yeah, she's like the type of girl who like gets like is addicted to like the endorphins you get in, in exercise. She's oh, a, she would have loved CrossFit. Oh, she would have loved. She yeah. would have loved CrossFit. She, yeah, she's like the pre-CrossFit girl. She's yeah. definitely yeah. yeah. You, you ever watch those CrossFit girls? Uh, no. Some, I, I, some are pretty hot, and some of them are pretty terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like they walk that fine line between really hot and really terrifying. Uh, so, um. Finn flirts with her some more, and she reciprocates the flirting. And then she invites him to come on a six-mile run with her, yeah! which he agrees to out of the blue. Sure. And also, and she doesn't say, hey, you want to go on a six-mile run with me? She's like, you want to go on a half-dozen-mile run? It's like the weirdest, most awkward way to say it's six such miles. such a Wisconsin kind it of is. thing. It is. Like, who, it's like, why don't you say six Just miles? Say six like, miles. why are you complicating it more? <laughs> Leaves her son out in the woods. Let's go to measures six distance and halves. <laughs> and half dozens. Like it's weird. Um, so we cut back. How to many th- miles are you away from Chicago? Oh, dozens and dozens <laughs> and dozens of miles. I must say, I don't know, twenty dozen miles. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, lady. We cut back to their boat where we see double D. Uh, finds his chip clip in their boat, and he's like pissed off. Like, so oh, he, he knows kids. he knows that his prize fish is gone. Gone. Yeah. Uh, we go back to Bev's house where Finner and Ronnie are now dancing like idiots to some record they're playing. Yeah, Bev- was, they they were very specific on the title, and I. I'm kind of kicking myself. I should have looked it up. Yeah, to I don't. See if it was actually. A real I don't think they thing. were, but they they made like because Ronnie was saying it's like this weird like. I want, like underground music it's an guy, obscure band, it's really and, obscure. And it's a lot. It's a live recording at the. I think they're just making shit up. I, mean, I really do. Yeah, but the place they recorded was a real place, and you know they were they were like, "Wow, this is such an underground record," and this crazy fitness bitch in Wisconsin has it. Who leaves her son out to bears? <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's play air guitar. Yeah, and dance around <laughs> like idiots. Um, but she Bev comes over, kind of like a little angry, or something. upset, upset. Yeah. Turns it off and saying that's her husband's record, and then takes her son out for a swim, leaving them in so the now house. So I'm like, scratch that record. Yeah, you got a husband? Exactly. She's got. Where's your husband? Who knows? Yeah, what's going on? Because uh, you got you got your you know sin for Finn going yeah. on here, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, my husband. Yeah. 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 Talk about a fucking uh, those so. goddamn uh, <laughs> too nice, too nice. Something was wrong. Uh, we cut back to Leroy Lutke in his bait shop. He grabs his fishing pole, leaves to go fish. We get a quick shot of Evelyn drinking beer in his fishing boat. Then we go back to Bev lying on the ground working out while her two or three year old son plays unsupervised and unwatched in the lake. Hey, if he dies, he dies. I know. And I was like, Bev is a fucking horrible mother. She's got the Ivan Drago like method of house of like raising a child. If he dies, he dies. 
<laughs> Didn't some other boxer just say that and get in trouble for that? I saw like a, I was watching uh I think it's Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I, Deont- I was watching some I think it was like the Blues playoff game and then the crawling of bombs like some boxer says if he dies he dies. I don't care if it's, like, it's Deontay Wilder. He uh he's he's uh, a champ. So many different divisions. Uh, he's boxing retarded. He's one of the only American. He's like an American heavyweight who's a, got fucking Thor's hammer in his hand. The guy's a knockout artist. He, we haven't seen an American heavyweight boxer be a knockout artist like since, like, since Mike Tyson, really. So he's he's great to watch. But you know, he just quoted fucking Ivan Drago. Yeah. Why why would you give well, him shit? When you said that's when, exactly what he said. Well, when you said that, yeah. was like, oh, now okay, he's quoting the Rocky movie because yeah. when I saw, I was like. They were making it like, oh, if he dies, he dies. Like the guy really just like he's like trying to kill a guy. And but then he said he had, but then there was the final where he said like, I love boxing. It's like the only sport you get paid if you kill for killing someone or yeah. something like that. He's just trying to hide the. Fight. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But like he's getting, it's working. Yeah, he, I guess he just he just fought last night. Okay. He won. He knocked the guy out in devastating fashion. Um. So anyway, Bev's a fucking horrible mom, and Ivan Drago style, baby. Uh, uh, the cicadas start getting loud again. Bev continues to work out. Yeah, she's like she's doing like thirty plus reps with these light weights. Yeah, with these really light weights. She missed the CrossFit era, baby. <laughs> she would have loved it because yes, you still can gain muscle if you do a ridiculous amount of reps. Well, it's also muscular endurance too, not eventually, nothing mass. Eventually, your muscles will get tired and start to tear and form. But goddamn, she's doing like she's like 35, 36. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we see the giant fishing lure again fly in and hook the sun's like floaty donut raft thingy yeah, and his, yank his, it away. His inner tube, yeah. His inner tube. Thank you. I can't yeah. believe I couldn't think of that. Oh, you're like floating donut thing. I'm like, <laughs> inner tube. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and anyway, it, it gets yanked away. Then we see the lure now covered in blood being pulled through the water. We hear the sun crying. Bev, that gets Bev off her ass. She goes running over to her son, picks him up, and finds that he's bleeding heavily from the leg. So I guess the lure also then came back and, like, scrat- cut him up. Caught him. Caught yeah. him. And she, is, she, like, freaks out. She, like, grabs him, puts her hand on his leg, holds her bloody, bloody hand. hand up to the sky, and goes, <laughs> Yeah, and then just runs runs away. Um, <laughs> it's just a weird scene. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Wayne chopping firewood. Ronnie runs up asking if he can borrow some fishing gear from him. And Wayne wants nothing to do with Rodney. Even, again, goes on another anger rant about how city people like Rodney are causing acid rain, which is killing their legs and will kill us all, too. I, the rants in this movie are amazing. Choice. They're so ludicrous, but so amazing. Yeah. It's like, what? And he's got a lot of them. He does. Between him and Evelyn, like, the rants are just, wow. Choice. <laughs> so Rodney leaves... Goes to Leroy's bait shop. Leroy tells Ronnie how he and Wayne used to be friends back in the day. But Wayne stopped talking to him after Leroy caught that big fish back in 1955. And then Leroy goes on to tell another story about how Wayne and Peter's grandfather used to have a lucky bullet they would use to shoot giant muskies with. And that Peter's grandfather would dig the bullet out of the muskie's head, put it back into his pistol to use again... And that they caught 30 to 40 trophy fish that way, which is fucking bullshit because that's not how bullets work. Well, I mean, they talked about how you dig out the slug. But you can't reuse a bullet. Once it's used, it's gone. A copper slug, like, I don't know about much about this, but if it's a copper slug, could you reform it, 
put a shell back onto it. You, you know, might like, be able to, if the casing is in good order, you can, I think, reuse a casing possibly. Not, not, not the casing. I'm talking about the actual But I'm saying slug. you still need the casing to attach it to the bullet because that's where the gunpowder yeah, is. Don't you make people make bullets? People make bullets all the time. I'm saying, so but that, once that, a bullet is fired, it's gone. You can't reuse a bullet because they get destroyed in the process. Once they hit something, they get bent, they get flattened, they you call it, you know, so the bullet's gone. I get it, I get it. But can, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate, can you take the bullet out, reshape it, reform it, and then put it back together and, you know, you, it, they said it's copper. Copper's a softer metal. You know, it's it's very I malleable. I would think you'd have to melt it down, remold it, and then, but the Come on, they you know these people weren't fucking doing that. They was just they were basically saying he dug it because they said they dig it out of his head, yeah. pour it back into the gun, shoot it again. That's not you can't do that. I it agree. doesn't work that way. Uh it, it, it just doesn't. And but well, at I, least not today. Not not today. I will sure. say that during this scene, Leroy though does come across as a pretty good guy. Yeah, yeah he's really he's, charming. He's in like scene. Down, he's he's putting up with the the punk rock guy, Rodney, yeah. who's Who's again saying like crazy weird eighty slang? I didn't write any of it down, but he was just like, "Hey, don't worry, Grandpa, we're a razzmatazz." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't I used worry. To being as weird, you know, like it's almost a foreign language. Don't worry, man. It's us, us trapper keeper types. We like to keep it tight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you don't be so full of chowder, old man. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> Come on, man. Quit farting chowder over there. <laughs> um. So Leroy continues telling a story about the lucky bullet, <clears throat> and how one day Wayne accidentally shot Peter's grandfather in the back with the lucky bolt. The bolt went right into Van Cleese's spine, spine. But Van Cleese refused to let anyone operate on him to remove the bolt. He was such a tough old man. And again, I, I'm got to ask you, but I, this has got to be fucking bullshit because I'm thinking getting shot in the spine would probably fucking paralyze you. Yet we see the old man walking around, standing and fishing in the opening of the movie. How do you... You get shot in the spine. That's pretty much it. I, you, uh, there's always flukes. There's always medical flukes. And again, it's probably it, it would be another medical fluke. Uh, it, that shit happens. You know, you hear about people who've gotten you know trees crushing their body. I know people pieces. get shot in the brain. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it, but it's like it's that same kind of thing. It's just just didn't nick the right nerves or in the right order or whatever. Shit like that happens all the time. Or maybe he's like Iron Man. You know, the, the spine <laughs> is, is, is keeping him. The, the spine is what's yeah. keeping him alive. Or the bullet. Because he's like, don't. And you know what? That was probably the best choice he made. <laughs> he's like, I can walk. I can move. I was shot in the spine. Don't you fucking touch it. Don't you go digging around in there, motherfucker. No. No. Yeah. That, I'd be the same way. <laughs> uh, I'm like, it stays. <laughs> We cut back to the cabin where Peter is fishing on the dock while Kirsten and Anne sunbathe uh, nearby while being watched by Evelyn. Yeah, Evelyn is just, again, part of the crew, hanging out. Just hanging out up there. Just watching these girls bathe. You know, like the one girl's got her top off, but it's just her back. Yeah, it's just her back. Um, I got to say, I I really love Kirsten in this scene uh, and her response to Anne's crazy take on casting, which... Um, I'm gonna. I have the clip of this, the audio clip of this scene, which I'm gonna play. But Ang says some weird ass shit, and I, I don't know. I love Kirsten. This is where I was saying at the beginning, we're talking about the kids. Like, I was really surprised the girl who played Kirsten never wanted to do anything yeah. else because she's pretty she's solid. She's pretty solid in this in this movie as this type of character. Uh, anyway, here's the audio from the scene. Check it out. So, what do you think about when you meditate? Nothing. Everything. 
I'm sure I can never think about just nothing. I mean, how boring. Oh, sick. That weird guy Evelyn. He thinks I don't know he's watching me. Open your eyes, Anne, so you can see him. God, what a way to get your rags off. Killed me. There is like nothing happening on this lake. So what are you meditating about? Why Peter's being so antisocial? I mean, I thought he hated fishing. Fishing is rude. I mean, you have to get your hands in all that snotty crap and scales. Number one, Kirsten. Peter is troubled by something very, very private and very, very traumatic. Number two, he is reacting in a perfectly normal way by refusing to be normal and socialize. Number three, casting is a symbol of Peter's trying to fathom the very deep waters of his trauma. I thought I was trying to catch a fish. All right, so there's that little symmetry, Christian and Ann. And again, like, and it, it doesn't sound like much, but I love Christian in that scene and Andrew actually like this explained how casting is somehow exploring the deep fathoms of uh, of Peter's psyche and is like trauma is and... it's like what <laughs> and I was like I thought he was trying to catch a fish that was probably <laughs> it's, it's the best line in the movie it I probably think. is <laughs> um anyway so next we get a short scene of Rodney driving a boat on the lake and doing water donuts. Water donuts! So he's doing water donuts around Double D on his fishing boat Fuck while you, giving e. him the finger. Yeah, just, he's like punk. He's like, ah, double <laughs> water donuts. Ah. And then we cut back to Bev and Finner out for their run, their half dozen mile run through the <laughs> woods. Mile run. Can't say six miles. No, half dozen. Half dozen. And they go right back to Rodney, uh, who is getting back into his boat after taking a dip in the lake. He turns on his boombox, cranks up the volume, and lays down to relax and take in the sun. Of course, at this point, we hear the cicadas getting loud again. Ronnie stands up to check on something, and that's when the giant fishing lure with like nine hooks flies in from fucking nowhere, plops down right on the seat Ronnie was lying on. So without looking, Ronnie... Ronnie not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. He lies back down on it, this time face down. And as soon as he lays in a lure, we see the fishing pole it's attached to be like yanked back yeah. to set the hook. Ronnie screams in pain as he starts getting yanked around by the lure that's it's embedded into his fucking crotch. crotch. <laughs> uh, and he's also, as he's getting reeled in and yanked, Ronnie's like, his head gets slammed into the outboard motor, which is fucking hilarious too. He's holding injury. his crotch going, ah! He's yanked into the outboard motor. Wham! And uh, so, uh, and then a few more good yanks of the fishing pole, and Ronnie then is just co- pulled completely off the boat into, into the, the lake, water. never to be seen again. <laughs> we jump to Pete, Anne, and Kirsten sitting at the diner, talking and drinking. Peter starts talking um, about the sounds of a police siren and how it makes a perfect fourth, which is what they call the distance between two notes. Just like yeah. the notes, and here comes the bride, which she does then sings for Christian or Kirsten. And then he says, if you go a half a step higher, you've got something that used to be called the Devil's Tritone, that in box time it was thought to drive people crazy. Now, I did some research on this, and this is actually a real thing. 
And it's kind of fascinating and cool, too, to learn about. Lay it on me, brother. The problem is that it's not really all that relevant in today's world where it's actually used pretty often in music nowadays. Um, and actually, some of the biggest and most well and, and uh, well, most well-known pieces of music that use the Devil's Tritone are also called the Devil's Interval. Um, are the South Park theme song, the Simpsons <laughs> opening theme song, nice. the Munsters theme song, Twilight Zone theme song, Pink Panther theme song, Marilyn Manson's Beautiful People, Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath, Metallica's Enter Sandman, and The Call of Cthulhu, which is weird because it's not spelled like Cthulhu, but Cthulhu, um, YYZ's Rush, Painkiller by Judas Priest, Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze, My God by Jethro Tull, and then classical pieces as, such as The Dance Macabre and Beethoven's Fidelio. And it's also in Maria's, in Maria from West Side Story and The Girl from Ipanema, and it's even in Busta Rhymes' Wuha Got You All in Check song. Um, so all that's used. And, and basically what it, it boils down to is like it, it, the tone or the sound it makes is what they keep saying is, is dissonant. And it's like it's, uh, it's un, almost unnatural to the human psyche ears or something like that. Okay. And in the old days when most music was written and performed strictly for the church, everything had to be like uh, – consonant and, and, and harmonious and beautiful and full of joy. And the devil's tritone was the exact opposite of all that in sounding. Ah. So, so they call it the devica and musica, which is like the devil in the music. And because of that, people, some will say it was banned, but all just because it wasn't really banned. It was just, because it was kind of like, it wasn't used because it, it was, it was frowned unple- upon. It was frowned upon because it was unpleasant to the ears. Not that. Come on, man. Everyone loves the Simpsons theme song. But I'm saying, but that's why it was unpleasant to the ears. So the people who wrote it just didn't use it. And then people started, oh, it's it's because it's, now it's been banned. It, woo ha! Yeah. Got you all in check. But it's so, that's what it is. Um, cool. It's a music theory. But it's actually very common in today's music now. Thanks um, for uh, yeah. breaking it down. It's pretty interesting. Uh, read a lot about it. Um, anyway, back to the movie. We cut to the local sheriff on his radio calling in a report about how he found a boat that's drifted ashore with no body in it. Peter and the gang enter the scene and they see the boat is Peter's boat that we saw Rodney using. Peter finds blood and bullets in the boat and starts freaking out and yelling at the sheriff for not doing more. Uh, he asks what kind of bullets they are and the sheriff says 223 M16 bullets, which again is bullshit because I've never heard of a 223 bullet. I knew and it! I knew it! On I top of it. that, the M16 uses a 5.56 round. I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! I knew this was going to happen because the character Rodney, not Rodney, uh, Evelyn is a military type guy. I was just waiting for him to slip up and fuck something up where you jump on it for being slightly inaccurate and you're just be like, boom, gotcha. Nailed you. I knew it happened. I'm sitting there listening to this. I'm like, Marsh is going to catch something. He's going to catch some shit and call it out. The fact that we made it through the, like most of the rants that he has, I'm like, okay, we may have made it. Damn it. Got caught. <laughs> you know uh, hearing this, Peter said, <laughs> You can't even respond. I can't. Because you're so guilty. I am. <laughs> I can't. I can't defend I, I was like, Yeah, that's not bullshit. I was like, He uses 5.56. What am I going to say? Can't say he's right. He's not. He's wrong. <laughs> Okay. 
<sighs> so hearing this, Peter <laughs> says he knows who killed Ronnie and forces the sheriff to come with him to arrest Evelyn. So we jump to them arriving at Evelyn and Wayne's cabin, which is like right next door to Peter's cabin. Uh, Evan hands over the M16, which we find out is just a wooden carving. It's not even real. I did like when the sheriff was walking up. And oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Peter jumps <laughs> up. He's just like, you stay here. Stay quiet. Yeah. Let me be a... Because he's kind of pushing the sheriff around. Yeah. He's like, you got to do something. Quit filling out your forms. Let's do something. The sheriff's like, fine. Fuck it. Okay, fine. I'll go. The sheriff's son is walking to it, and Peter reaches in and goes, You're gonna arrest Evelyn! Yeah, he's gonna arrest Evelyn! Oh, come on out! I like the boar. The like, boar. Throw the M16 now, you're gonna arrest Evelyn! And the, the sheriff turns around and like, What the fuck, dude? <laughs> he's like, She told you to be cool! <laughs> yeah, I did find that part pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it turns out the M16 is a fake. Yeah. It's a, it's a wooden carving. Uh, we cut to the RV family trying to launch their boat. And nearly running over Wayne, who's in his boat on the dock. And uh, I don't think I found funny about this is that Wayne, who's always angry, he calls the father Mr. Green Jeans, which I was like, that's a weird thing to call somebody. Again, <laughs> I, like, I, know, I love it. Like, all right. Probably some obscure Wisconsin. <laughs> Mr. Green Jeans. Ooh, we call him Mr. Green Jeans. Because he's got so much money in them jeans. He's a rich doctor, so he's got them green jeans. Or, or he's so inexperienced, he's green, and he's just wearing it. That could be too. Who knows? It could be both. Maybe both. Yeah. Uh, then if anybody's from Wisconsin and they know if green jeans is an insult. Or maybe the guy was just wearing green jeans. I, I don't know how you would see it because he was in his RV. When or he again, this movie's just trying to make up slang. Yeah. Like being full of chowder. Um, so we go right back to the sheriff back at the fishing festival area. Peter and the gang show up. After a heated conversation, with the sheriff just leaves. And Kirsten runs off alone crying for some reason. Uh, we cut to Kirsten who has now changed into her bikini. Now riding the gondola thing down to the lake while still kind of sobbing and whining about something. Which oh, I just, dude, I love that scene when she's, when they're talking about, they're saying Rodney's been murdered. Yes. Rodney's been murdered. Rodney's been murdered. Okay, yes, there's blood. Yes, there's a case saying you can't see him. But when she, they're trying to calm her down, Kristen, Kirsten? Yes, Kirsten. Kirsten. When they're trying to calm Kirsten down, she, like, tears away and she goes, yeah, I'm sorry, you, can't, I'm <laughs> you can't understand a fucking thing no. she's saying. She tries to say something, but it just comes out, this is, and I'm watching this, I'm like, holy shit. I should have put my fucking uh, subtitles on, because yeah. I don't know if she was trying to say words, because it all just came out, it's like she turned into mush mouth. then stormed off uh so she yeah she's riding down to the lake she's sobbing a bit uh and we see wayne out on his fishing boat with a very large lure which um he actually then takes out a grindstone and starts sharpening each individual hook yeah. of this lure this is a whetstone he's sharp it's like this is a evil so the, these lures that you see we never see the, the fisherman killer no but we see the the giant you know, like it's like long, a foot long, at least maybe even more than a with, foot with long. multiple hooks on it, like nine hooks. And you yeah. see them being tossed. You know, we saw, we've seen them tossed here and tossed there yes. to our victims. Mm-hmm. And so we see this is the first time we see an actual person with one in their hand. Correct. And he, he's sharpening it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we did see them also in Lukey's shop too. So were they in Lukey's shop? Yeah, okay, he, I missed he had a, he had a handful of it, like a bunch. Like again, but he's a fucking bait shop. Yeah. He's got a bunch of these things. Yeah. Uh, so the scene between Kirsten, the scene between Kirsten on the gondola thing and Wayne in his boat goes on for 
way too long in my opinion because it just goes back and forth between the two back and forth and it just keeps going and going and, again, and you going you can't really understand what she's saying she's like I really liked him man yeah and she's like just pouting um and, but then uh, uh, oh no, the music that they're using in between every time they cut back and forth the music is the devil's stride tone again oh. so they keep that theme going uh, eventually Wayne casts his line and we see Kirsten floating on a raft in the lake while her boombox plays music on the end of the docks Again, the cicadas go crazy as Kirsten floats further out into the lake. We see the giant lure cast and land right next to her. It gets reeled in, then cast at her again, plopping down right next to her. This guy's not a good shot. <laughs> Both times, she ignores it, which you know I'm calling bullshit on that too. Yeah. Because there's no way she wouldn't hear or feel this giant lure <laughs> plopping yeah. down right next to her. Again, not once, but twice. It's huge. It's huge. And the fact that it would splash and she'd be getting wet. And it's like, you would know this. And you'd be like, what the fuck is that? And holy shit, what is that thing doing by me? But she just ignores it. And then, which is we- even weirder because she she completely ignores the the, the, the lure almost seen her. But then she just seems like just for no reason whatsoever just falls, falls off her raft. Just like, bloop, just for no reason whatsoever. Um, all right, so she, she looks around. She's screaming in the lake. And she looks in front of her and she sees a boat slowly drifting towards her very slowly and instead of swimming out of the way she just floats there treads water while screaming as the boat seems to like run right into her but does it it doesn't doesn't there's no but it cuts away yeah, yeah. it cut, there's no definitive like thump, bump you know yeah it's like it just the it's the, not like it's a pov yeah. shot and the boat just gets basically runs into the camera and it right. cuts it's, away it's, it's it wasn't well done it, no it wasn't uh we cut to wayne getting out of his boat and dumping a very large garbage bag stuffed with something into a large wooden chest on the side of the lake and covering whatever it is with ice. And then he says, finally got that bitch. I'm assuming it's a fish. Yeah. I, it, it, well, it's obviously a fish because it's, it's, it's like it's, three feet long. Yeah. <laughs> but they, it's either, it's either a fish or a midget or, or Bev's kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally got that bitch. <laughs> Uh, we jump back to the fishing festival where it's announced that Wayne is a new fishing contest winner or leader with a fish weighing at 46 and a half pounds. Peter and Finner are there in all, they're in all of his catch and congratulate Wayne. Uh, Wayne says he's been after that fish for years. And I'm like, so, so much for building the mystery and tension about what, who or what Wayne just dumped in that box and covered the ice. Yeah, it's, like it's, if they're trying to ble- kind of, Gives like that misdirection or kind of build up Wayne is like the red hair. Like, but it, but thing, it's like the you no. Know, then let it sizzle for a bit. You know, let, yes. it, let, let it cook a bit. And, and not the very next scene. Like, oh, it's just a fish. It was a, but it was it was very obvious a fucking fish. Yeah, it, it, it pretty was. But like, you could have maybe. It wasn't like he was dragging a giant bag. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could argue maybe cut the body up. But even then, it that's a stretch, a yeah. very big stretch yeah, to yeah, take. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just poorly done. Uh, we cut back to Bev and Finner returning t- from another run back at Bev's house, which is weird because I'm pretty sure we just saw Finner and Peter at the fishing festival, and now Finner is running through the woods with Bev. So He's like, like, hey, congratulations. That's that's a big catch. I got to go run half I, I a dozen miles. I got to run half a dozen miles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they go inside, share some sexual tension over sit-ups, uh, <laughs> uh, and then they end up making it on the floor. And then it cuts either later that night, that night, that night sunset, or the next morning sunrise. Can't I, really I can't tell. really tell either. Yeah, I don't really know. I thought it was the sunrise. 
I it could be, but you just don't know. You just yeah. don't know. Uh, I, I, I think it was a sunset because what happens? The, the, the conversation turns to what are you doing later? Well, you if know? it's the sunset, then I think the sun was setting. See, I think it was the sunrise. Yeah. Anyway, but, Be- okay. Well, well, let's let's explain this. Bev and Finn. We see him next in the kitchen. They're talking. Bev's wearing a robe now, so we're assuming that she pounded his pipe yeah. pretty good. Ooh, nice. Like that pound- I do like that one. <laughs> Very fish. Hey, cheers. Cheers, cheers to pounding the pipe. Pounding the pipe. <laughs> All right, so, uh, and she says to him, something, she, in the middle of the car, she's like, I hope you understand, but there's just some stuff I have to do. Finner wants to know, like, hey, all right, well, are you going to be around Larry? Because I'd like to come back. I'd like to see you. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go, I got to go out fishing for a bit, but I'd like to see you. Finner is smitten. Yeah, because, but he wants to beat Wayne in the contest, so he has to go mm-hmm. fishing first. And she's like, she says, well, okay, come back around midnight. So, like, Maybe, maybe, it's, the the sun, maybe yeah. it's the sunset, but like, that's awfully close. As they come. Like, yeah. So if it's the next day, regardless, yeah, I, yeah. it doesn't. Ma- we don't know. Um, back to Anna, Peter, at Peter's cabin. They're talking about Kirsten being gone. Uh, and also mentioned that the cicadas are giving her a headache. Peter wants to call the sheriff again, but for, but now for some reason the phones are just out. Um, and on that cue, up pops Evelyn again, who's just still in their house, lingering yeah, around. This guy just hangs out with them, and everyone's just like, oh, there he goes. Yeah, he's just... spouting off. If he's not spouting off, he's docile. Yeah. As, as like a well behaved cat. Yeah, he's like a yeah. house cat, just yeah. lounging around, just taking up the sun, around. taking up space. But then as soon as he triggers something, he is, he's... He is fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, and he, he this, he's ranting about some military conspiracy and vibrations. That the whole woods are set up like a D battery causing weird vibrations that are messing with the phones and people's brains. Then Wayne enters from who knows where, adds to the craziness of all this. And this uh, this is another Dude, audio clip I got. People just pop in and pop out yeah. all the time. Yeah. No, there's nobody please a knocking on doors no, or ringing doorbells. Just, or I'm here. I'm just here. And I'm going to rant about this. In your house. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's a crazy rant. I I I got this auto clip. It's so just enjoy this. It's insanity. God, what happened to Kirsten? You miss her? The cicada whatevers are giving me a headache. I mean, what's weird is how they stop and then they start and then they just shut up and you never know if they're gonna start up again. Drives you crazy. Maybe I'd better call the sheriff. Shit, it's not hooked up. Fucking A, the phone's out. Vibrations, man. Goddamn military's got the whole North Woods strung up like a D battery, man. Sending out weird vibrations, messing with phones and people's brains, man. You ever put a pitchfork in the ground and wiggle it? Worms come up. Vibrations, right? Look at this gut on me. We're talking extremely low frequency radiation sucking the Agent Orange out of the cells. I'm not square dancing with you people. Look at me. We're talking. Here on. Shut up. None of us got a thing to do with why you're a bum. More than one guy around here has fought in a war. He's got something wrong with him that you didn't even know about. They just don't complain about it. Why didn't you tell me about old man Van Cleef now? Go ahead. Tell me your tough guy story again. You pissed me off. You know that. And don't sneak up on me. <laughs> That's... <laughs> God it's damn. So fucking so bonkers. Looney Tunes, man. I love it. He's like, he's going on a rant. And then he's like, you call that a rant? I'm going to show you a rant. <laughs> and why is being 
I'm just gonna suck the Agent Orange right on myself. Look at my gut. <laughs> so, this movie's full of those. It's full of them. Full of these. <laughs> that was probably one of the most. That was probably the best one. Yeah. That was probably the most choice rant. But the movie is full of either Evelyn or Wayne just <laughs> ranting like madmen, making no sense. Uh, Evelyn storms out after this. Wayne tells the story about how he shot Peter's grandfather in the back again. He retells that. And then he leaves too. We're skipping ahead now a little bit to the RV doctor guy stranded out on the lake at night on a boat because his boat motors won't start. Uh, then we cut the Finner walking to the lake with his fishing pole. And he has a giant, one of those giants. Yeah, uh, I think he does. Yeah. Uh, he, he also has one of those gigantic fishing lures yeah well basically these are the fishing lures that you use to catch a f- muskies. like the muskies that yeah. big so of fish it's like all of a sudden we're starting to realize a lot of people have these yes. yeah. types of lures um he passes bev's house yeah, on the way he's stopping by bev's and he hears laughter and voices that come from inside he looks through the window and sees bev on the couch all cut it up with evelyn with evelyn <laughs> evelyn <laughs> And I'm like, what? The guy who's crazy goes on rants talking about his fat gut and just uh, and vibrations, man. Vibrations. You ever put a pitchfork in the ground and wiggle it? Worms come out, man. And all of a sudden, he's sweet talking Bev. And now he's like normal. Yeah, he's and totally normal. And he's a fucking Don Juan. Fitter's he's like, going to go to Pound Town. Fitter's like, what the fuck? He gets so he, he's a little pissed. He, he's he turns like, away. What the fuck is Shit! Yeah, and he just he turns and walks away in a little okay. That slut. <laughs> so that muskegee slut. <laughs> back at the cabin, Ann and Pete talk about their relationship with and their future and all this shit. It's boring and pretty useless. They do end up making out on, and having sex on the floor, but it's lame and you don't even see the boobs. There's no boob scene. You get some side. You get some side boob, but that's about it. Um, little little hint of areola. Very very little, small. If you hint. if you squint your eyes, you might be able to make it His out. His eyes squinted. Um, squinted hard. <laughs> I found it, baby. I, I found, found it. it. I was looking. I found it, baby. Um, <laughs> it's like a mongoose digging for nutrients. <laughs> I found that areola. <laughs> uh, we go back to Finner, who hears RV doctor blaring an air horn out in the lake. But instead of helping him, he just says, shut the fuck up, you old bastard. I'll shut you up myself. Yeah, he basically <laughs> says, he's, he's making a threat. <laughs> uh, so RV Doc continues to blow the air horn. Then he just tosses it down and gives well, he, up. He runs out of juice. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what happens. Um, as, soon, as soon as he does, as soon as the air horn hits the boat, he gets hooked in the stomach by the giant lure and the way this thing is filmed is fucking comical. Not to mention the guy's facial reaction to getting hooked is hysterical as well. Because it's shot like where it looks like they shot it and then like they played it in reverse. It's like they, they had them in this... Kind of, yeah. It, it's so fast. And it's like, it looks like almost like they just put the, I don't know, shot in reverse or something like that. You know what I'm talking about. You see that. Yeah, you yeah. know the effect I'm talking about. Um, but his facial expressions are amazing too. <laughs> like, Honestly, this doctor... Is the best actor. He's my he's my favorite character. He's, he's really everything he does is so over the top. He's just yelling at his family, yelling at his wife, yelling at fish. You know, this guy is just over the top on everything. Uh, so the line gets reeled in, uh, you know, and it pulls him off the boat into the water, never to be seen again. <laughs> Second time I've heard that. It's like maybe the third. I'm not sure. Uh, we cut back to Bev and Evelyn. 
she orders him to leave. For some reason, like, they went from cuddle, cuddle on the couch to, like, having an argument in the kitchen. Yeah. She's like, leave. I just go or something. Yeah, she's all distraught now because he's like, you need a man around. You need you need me to be with you. You need a man around. Well, she apparently she's married. Uh, we but, don't really, they never really talked more about that. Yeah. And, and Evelyn's like, you need a man but around I the house. she's married to him. But maybe. I, because, I mean, anyway, she orders him to leave and then she cries. And at this point, you are kind of said, but this is where I said, she's not only a terrible mother, but she's the town whore too, I guess. Cause yeah. she's just like banging everybody. Um, then we get a short scene of Pete and Andy decided to go pop in on Finner at Bev's house. Uh, so I guess they're just kind of taking over the, the, the culture of this town just popping yeah, up in people's homes whenever you feel like walk it. Walk right in. All uh, the doors are unlocked. Yeah. We cut to Bev's house where we see her put on the record that Rodney and Finn were listening to earlier. Come to the warmest side of the door. Yeah. The one that she turned off uh, <laughs> earlier. She wipes some tears away and then goes outside, heads down to the lake. The cicadas start for, up again. For a night swim. For a night swim. For na- she's, she's obsessed with yeah. fitness. She is. Yeah. She's so fucking obsessed. It's she's a, already run at least a half marathon since we'd watched it. So far, at least. In two yes. days, she's yeah. run half a marathon, lifted weights. Done and sit-ups. Now, now, done a bunch of sit-ups. And now she's going for a swim. A night swim. All in a matter of two days. Yeah. Uh, she yeah she wades into the lake goes for a night swim. She's and wearing she, like a 1980s Olympic swimsuit. It is. Too. It's not like a bikini or just a casual. It's like a yeah. It's like a swimmer swim team. Like swimmers, a swimmers swimsuit. Yeah. yeah, like like fucking competition level swimsuit. Yeah. Um. And she's going into a dirty lake <laughs> in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Uh, as she's swimming, we see the giant lure making its way through the water towards her, like on a like at a 90 bum, degree bum. angle. They're like they're kind of come together. Bum, bum. It hooks her in the back. She fights and struggles to free herself from the hooks, she which she's able to do. But she doesn't scream. Not she really. Never, she's like, ah, ah. She, she, she never never, like, screams. She's, she's like, ah, oh, ah, ee, ooh. You know, she's yeah. never it's like, ah. Yeah, she, I will, yeah. Um, but as soon as she frees herself, she gets bashed in the face by an oar. Yeah, she gets, she, this struggle is like, it struggles for a while. And she finally gets free of it. And she's like, all right, Bev's going to make it. And she turns around. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Bash in the face with an oar. Fucking molly with an oar. <laughs> and I was really bummed about that because I was like, aw. Like, yeah. Bev was like my favorite character. Kind of a weirdo with her kid. Weird, yeah, weird. She is a weird kid, but at the same time, like, she's a horrible mom. Apparently, kind of a slut. Horrible mom. A fitness fanatic. Fitness addicted endorphin yeah. crackhead, yeah. basically. But at the same time, she's so friendly and bubbly, you can't help but like her. You just overlook all those flaws. Yeah, you yeah. gotta do. He's like, oh, I like that. Like, your fitness obsession is basically jeopardizing your love life and your child. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but gosh darn it, you sure are nice. Yeah. Uh, we skip, we're skipping ahead again to Pete and Ann Evelyn searching for Finner and Bev down by the lake. They find the grip of Finner's fishing rod, the one with the tassels on it, and a piece of cloth from Bev's swimsuit. Evelyn has another wonderful outburst about of, of craziness here. They just rants on about, uh, but we cut the Finner getting on Pete's boat and heading out onto the lake while bitching and whining saying like, who the fuck cares? Who the, who the fuck cares? What do I do? And he's like whining. I, I guess he's like just all butthurt over Bev and Evelyn, I guess, but he's like whining like a little bitch now for some reason, which just seems kind of odd out of place for him. Like he, he hasn't been, I I, I I don't know. It's, I, it's well, they, they talk about how Finn needs a girlfriend, you know, because it, it does seem like they are coupled off at the beginning of this show when they were at the diner. 
you know, or at the restaurant, and they're saying, you know, we're a couple. He just needs a girlfriend. He needs a girlfriend, and it seems like he found someone who can put up with his quirky ways and his fishing slays. It's weird his quirky ways because he's not even that quirky. He's pretty normal dude he's yeah really, he's, there's really nothing odd about him yeah and he can drop six miles out of nowhere yeah. to go on a date that guy's fucking yeah choice. like just out like barely, yeah six miles all right let's do this yeah some he girls, does it without a problem if i was single and some girl was like it was fancying me and there was really into me it's like hey let's go on a date i'm like yeah she's like hey you want to run half a dozen miles <laughs> i'd be like oh i don't know how good this place is gonna be <laughs> and how embarrassing it's like it I, does the embarrassment does the, the potential of good pussy pussy outweigh the level of embarrassment that you will be going through. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the answer is probably no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm old enough to be like, sorry, Toots. Go find yourself a He-Man. <laughs> I'm gonna stay here and enjoy a beer. Enjoy my beer. Uh, yeah. uh, so um anyway, Leroy is in his bait shop. And he starts to hear a drunk Finner singing a terrible made-up reggae song about muskies. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of liked it. <laughs> I kind of liked it. <laughs> it was fucking cute. <laughs> cute. Um, Finner stops singing, turns on his boombox. The cicadas go bananas again. And inside the shop, we see Leroy grabbing at his head in pain just, and screaming. It almost looks like he's Bruce Banner about to turn into the Hulk. Yes. Like, it's very, like, that kind of, like, in the, like the 70s Hulk. Yes. Like, that yes. level of... Um, Bill Bixie. Bill Bixie's about to turn into the Hulk. Hulk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's thrashing around his bait shop, screaming, knocking stuff off the counter. I thought it was, I kind of hearkened to Frankenstein when he's confronted with fire. You know, like, oh, fire bad. Yeah, a little bit. He gets that, a little bit of that later, too. Uh, so he grabs his fishing uh, or rod or whatever, fishing rod, and he charges outside. He runs to the end. <laughs> yeah, of the- he, he arms, he he arms, arms up <laughs> with a fishing, fucking fishing rod. fishing rod. Yep. He charges to the end of the dock, and he casts his line at Finner. The lure hooks into the side of Finner's face. <laughs> Hits him in the side of the head. <laughs> right in the face. Finner is able to fig- rip it off, get, get it unhooked from his face, and in doing so, I guess it rips his ear off. But really, he kind of rips his own ear off. Yeah, he, he, she, he, you see him pull it off, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And he pulls around on his face, and he ha- pulls. I'm guessing it was he felt something dangling. Yeah, and ripped I get, off. But, yeah, but he pulls rest, his own ear off. The rest of his ear off. Um, Finner throws. <laughs> I love this. He, he turns. He throws a beer can at Leroy, and then chooses the most retarded course oh of action. My God. Because instead of getting behind the wheel of the boat, which would allow Finner to either one ram Leroy, ram the dock, and knock Leroy off, or just simply speed away into the night, this asshole decides to just bail and jump off the boat into the lake. He jumps off the, the boat. boat. He's like, oh no, there's a crazy old so man. Like, okay, he's going to try to swim away. Slowly casting giant <laughs> fishy, low, lures. fishy lures at me. I better jump. And once he jumps. You're thinking, okay, okay, he's going to swim away. Swim away. Like, nope. He just simply stays there. And he tries to get back he on the boat. Yes, he gets back on the boat. He's or like, tries to. This is a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to pull himself. He's just hanging from like back. this rail. He just he can't even do. It. He's just hanging from this rail. He's trying to do a pull up on the boat. He's yeah. so tired from so, running twelve, 12 miles, miles in the last two days. I'm like, 
Why jump off the boat in the first place if you just get try to immediately get back on it? He's been so sex exhausted from Bev, he can't pull himself back on the boat. And he's fucking doomed. So Leroy tries to reel his lure back in, but it's caught on the rails of the boat. He just reels so, the boat in. Yeah, it's exactly. He pulls the whole boat with fins hanging off the you side of it. You see his dumb ass <laughs> hanging on the side. Which, again, let go yeah. of the boat. <laughs> Swim away, asshole. Everything that Finner does in the scene just pisses me off more and more. But he's so tired from pounding that push and running 12 miles. He can't do it, Marshall. He can't. So now Finner is getting pulled closer to Leroy. And at this point, like I said, he could easily just clearly let go in some way, but he doesn't. So Leroy grabs like a large gaffing hook, which he uses to kill Finner with, but we don't see it because the camera cuts in, away. In as the he most lay, slow motion kind of way. Finner's holding the boat, looking up at, at Leroy. Leroy as he goes... <laughs> the so most telegraph slow. slow motion and again he could just let go of the he boat sink and sink down. and be fine but nope he just stays there and takes it uh. <sighs> I remember watching that scene I'm like I know we're gonna have a lot of fun with this one <laughs> uh, so it cuts into Leroy pulling Finner's dead body onto the dock Leroy then runs a large hook attached to a rope up through Finner's chin and jaw, up through the mouth. So he's basically, he's treating Finner's by like you would a fish, basically, where you, where you string a when bunch you, of when fish. When you weigh a fish. Yeah, yeah we string, string it, it up. Yeah. And this is actually not a horrible effect. No, it, it's not. for the. It's, I mean, it's clearly a dummy or yeah. a molded cast yeah. of, uh, it, it looks pretty but it, it good. Looks, it does look like Finner. So they yeah. think he's got that part right. Um, it doesn't look doesn't start looking too bad until you really start seeing the jaw like yeah the jaw really starts to kind of break apart, apart yeah you know? but o- overall I Great like I, yeah, like, I the like it too I, I like it too considering we haven't had hardly any special effects yeah. other than the you know like the the blood the, some blood the, here some blood and like holding a lure against your chest going oh blood oh no yeah this is this is the best it so really far. yeah it is uh, Leroy drags Finner body down the dock and. Uh, into his bait shop where he proceeds to saw off Finner's hands to put them through a meat grinder. Um, then we... <laughs> yeah, and I was a little confused by this because he chops off his hand, puts it in a meat grinder, spins it halfway, and he's like, coffee break. Yep, coffee break. Coffee break. <laughs> like, he's like not even halfway done with the job and he's like, time for coffee. <laughs> hey, when coffee calls... I guess. You answer the call. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he stops... Everything yeah, for that cup of coffee. Uh, we cut back to Anne, Peter, and Evelyn at Peter's cabin. Anne's drunk now, just out of the blue. She's just drunk. Good, good for her. Uh, Evelyn's ranting about blowing Finner out of the water because he thinks he Finner did something to Bev. He thinks Finner killed Bev. Uh, Pete just leaves. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. I'm done with this. Leaving, I'm leaving leave. Evelyn with this. Leaving with drunk this. Anne with Evelyn who's ranting mad. He's this raving. crazy <laughs> ranting madman. Um, outside. Uh, now outside, a hysterical Kirsten floats up in a boat. Peter helps her out of the boat onto the dock. Kirsten's she's, back. She's back. And she's frantically telling about how she was attacked but was somehow able to get away. And she just kept swimming and swimming and swimming. And then she came across a boat just floating in the lake, and it had Finner's stuff in it. And she's ranting, and Pete's like, all right, all right, just go inside, call for help, and uh, I'll, I'll check you on your minute or something like that. 
He's well, he, and he's Finner, and then Pete goes to check the boat, and in the boat he finds Finner's ear on one of the seats. I do love he picks up the ear and goes, "Poor Finner." Yeah. Like he recognizes that this ear. is. Finner's ear for sure. Yeah. Like, it would make more sense if it was Rodney's ear with like the giant yes. fishing lure hanging out of it as the earring. Yes. That would have been a made sense. Like if someone cut off your ear yeah. and I've known you my whole life and gave it to you and be like I'd be like, Why the fuck are you giving me someone's ear? <laughs> I would not be like, Marshall's ear, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, gross. Well, some white guy's ear. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good yeah, it's like, why well, do you know that's his ear? Um so we jump back to the bait shop where uh, Leroy Lukey has gone back out onto his dock. He goes to the end of the dock, kneels down, and pulls on a rope that has attached the dock <sighs> and then sinks down into the water. He pulls up like a line of, of dead, soggy, pruny bodies of all of his victims. All the bodies are hooked to the mouth like fish on a line like he did with, we saw him do with Finner. And for some reason, he's decided to put life jackets on all the corpses, which makes zero sense to me. Because I don't think if you're trying to hide bodies... That's a pretty funny point. You would want them to sink so nobody would see them and not be floating on the surface of the water. Um, but, yeah, so like, all the corpses are wearing life jackets. They're, they're basically corpse buoys at this point. Uh, he drags the bodies through the water, but then he just cuts back to Pete and Evelyn... But the bodies look so fake. Can we talk so about these bodies? Fake. Oh, God, yes. About- we're, we're, we're definitely good. Yes, we're going to talk about these bodies. Do you remember the compliment I just gave about the special effects and I know, because I, I didn't want to say anything at the time because I knew it was like we went from that to the, the flip side of that and coin And then we, all of a sudden we get like cartoon dead, <laughs> like like cartoon zombies. They are. They look cartoon more like zombies, zombies. Than, than the dead corpse of the victims we've seen. Cartoon. Like, they have... Overly exaggerated, gigantic eyes. Eye sockets are all blackened out. Their eyes are huge. And none of them look like any of the people we've seen killed. It's supposed to be Rodney. I guess it's supposed to be Rodney, the Mm. mom, and... Uh, The doctor, the doctor. Oh, yeah, the doctor. Thank you. None of them look alike. No. And considering the fact that all these killings have taken place in the course of like 24 hours... Maybe forty at the most over a weekend. They would look. A they little... look. They would look so much fresher, yeah. and they would look like themselves. These things look like they've been dead in the water for like months. Or, <laughs> but it's just, they're so cartoony looking. Yeah, they are. They're so it's bad. So it's bad looking. Really bad. And they spend a long time on these. Showing like you can you. tell they're like they were so proud of these. So proud they, of these. This is gonna be such look, a cool shot. Look at these cool corpses. Yeah. Nope. They look like, like fucking. I get like the concept. Like I get like I kind of like the concept. Like they're all strung together like fish on a line. He's he's hiding them underneath his dock and like okay I get it. And that's what they're like. Oh, this is gonna be such an epic reveal. But dude, it looks so bad. It's it does not comical. The payoff is not there. Comical. Yeah. So we go Ugh. back to Peter and Evelyn. They're hanging out now, just chilling. Um, Peter has yeah. his Casio keyboard out, uh, and the cicada the cicada start up again. This gives Pete a revelation that the sound of cicadas mixed with music creates the devil's tritone, which causes people to go crazy. He also pieces it together that the common thread between Rodney, Finner, Kister, and Bev was Finner's taste of weird music. Peter continues on with his light bulb moment. Evelyn chimes in saying, no shit, man, I could have told you that. And then he goes on another Vietnam rant. Which now, by the way, there's no way Evelyn would have even been in Vietnam because the Vietnam War was roughly from 1963 
up to 79, maybe early 70s, depending on what date you want to go with, with the height or peak of it being in 1967-68, during which time was the famous Tet Offensive, and Evelyn is clearly in his fucking 20s, and even so, I'm going to be generous and say maybe 28 at the most, but most likely he's probably 23, 25, which would mean he would have been 10 years old in 1968. There's no way this fucker was in Vietnam. At all. Impossible. But like the entire movie, all he does is rant about his time in Vietnam. So that one bothers me too. <laughs> yeah, they didn't... They, did, they, did, they try to cover it up with his facial hair, but he's clearly a young man. A clearly. younger guy. You like, know. just... If you want to do that, just get an older actor. Get somebody yeah. in their 40s or something. or do like, It wouldn't really make any difference... Evelyn could be the, would be the same character regardless of age. It, it, it even if he was four, he'd be exactly the same. He's just a little too young for the role that he's given. Yeah, but I'm just yeah. It, but it fucks up this whole premise that he'd be in Vietnam. Let's just say he's older and he does great like moisturizing. <laughs> There's something about that lake water keeps his skin so young and healthy. He's he's just got a baby face. How about that? Can we can we go that route? No. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the fucking RV. Then, just like everybody else in this fucking movie, the RV kid just pops, walks into just Peter's cabin. Walks in. The kid. I'm like, which is nonsense, because why the fuck would the kid be walking into Peter's cabin? They don't know each other. They've never met before. He, he, but the kid just walks in. Just there he is. Hey, I hear you having problems with missing people. So are we. Hey. How's it going? We're the RV kids. Yeah. We're missing our mom and dad. dad. Uh, Peter continues talking about vibrations and frequencies. Then the RV boy chimes in saying that Leroy was acting weird and then he has a metal in his head. And then Peter's like, how do you know this, boy? And he's like, oh, I used the stud finder on Leroy's head. So and there's, there's a scene where Leroy and the RV kid <laughs> yeah. are talking. It's a very short scene. Yeah, it's pretty short. But when Leroy has his back turned, the kid puts the stud finder on the back of his head. And it goes cattywampus. It yeah. starts going off. So it looks like there's metal in Leroy's head. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, Jesus Christ. Talking like... Just the convenience of this. Like, the writing is so, like... I love how they just show up. <laughs> yeah. Just right at the same like time. They could, like, they couldn't figure out how else to explain this. Or and, how and, from the find out that Lutke has metal. Like, oh, what is that? The kids show up and, with and stuff right, right when Peter has a re- revelation <laughs> about the Devil's Trilogy or Triangle or whatever it is. Yeah. Not, the, not the Devil's Three-Way. No. I've no. been in a couple of those. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> gross, gross bastard. <laughs> well, does it, count, does it count when there's more... There's two guys and two girls. Is that a? That's a four-way. That's, that's a, not a devil's threesome. We called that the square beyond the compare. <laughs> square beyond compare, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, emos might have a problem with that, but yeah, uh, that was the hilarity of it. <laughs> the square beyond <laughs> compare. Uh, only people in St. Louis will get that one. <laughs> no people. I was like, the fuck's emos? <laughs> I don't know. The blues are doing pretty hot right now. There's emos, guys. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. But the emo scores are probably only played locally, not like in like. Well, uh, there was a guy behind the ice, behind the oh. a guy who was like wearing a red, a whole red outfit, like his face oh, I missed covered that guy. And everything, okay. and he had an emo's emblem <laughs> on his chest. I missed yeah. that guy. Anyway, so uh, yeah, now not after the boy enters, Wayne enters. Wanting to know what all the commotion is about, Peter tells him about Leroy. Wayne doesn't want to believe it. Says to Peter, "Your granddad would slap you in the snap box talking like that." Again, never heard of a snap box, but I kind of like it. I don't know why, but like, I'm slapping you in your snap box. Yeah. 
Come uh, here with that snap box. <laughs> Slap. It sounds like slang for a pussy again, though. Snap box. I like it. Yeah, it does. Not a mouth, but it sounds like slang for a pussy. It's like, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Snap clothes and now it's... Snap that box clothes. That dick is mine. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> Wayne makes some more fishing metaphors, and then he leaves. Evan rants on about crazy shit, then Peter decides that the sheriff isn't going to do anything to help them with Leroy, then they have to take matters into their own hands. We cut back to Leroy's shop where Evelyn and Peter have broken into it now and are snooping around. Meanwhile, Anne's back on the docks of the cabin with the boombox. She turns it on to meditate, which is weird because normally if you meditate, you want peace and quiet. Right, you want... Not like crazy weird punk music. Like, I understand the sounds of nature. Yeah. Hence, hence the... Or the, white the, noise. The, lap, the lapping of the lake. Yes. The cicadas, the Birds wind chirp, through the yeah. trees. And then she decided to play some music on top of it. It's like, bitch, don't you have enough ambient sound? Well, I take it wrong. It's not the punk music. It's, it's the fishing for your love yeah, song fishing, again. Which also has the devil's trident. Or well, it's not in that song. It's that song mixed with the cicadas oh, yeah. and everything else that makes it happen. Um, so anyway, the cicadas start up again. Evelyn then finds Bev's wedding ring. So this is where I think that's why I think Evan was married to Bev because he finds this ring. So that's Bev's ring. Like so, I'm like uh, because I think it makes it like like he's the one who gave it to her. So I thought they were the two married ones. Well, it's not a, it's not far off. Um, I mean, it's it could he just he could just know it's her ring because they spent time sure. together. But I assume that they were the that he was the husband she referred to earlier. I like it. Let's go with it. All right, Evan, uh, yeah, and Pete then finds a fridge. Filled with buckets of bloody meat and what looks like about seven, eight pints of ice cream in it. Uh, so <laughs> Ice cream slash intestines. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's buckets of like, intestines that go on top. And then the bottom of the fridge is like Ben and Jerry's ice cream pints in the bottom <laughs> or something like that. Um, who likes... I'm like, who knows? Leave right a sweet tooth, I guess. <laughs> who likes Cherry Garcia? <laughs> Pete pulls out one of the buckets. Evelyn says, there's your friends, man. (laughs) Pete still insists that the sheriff won't buy this as evidence since it's not an actual body. That's crazy. It is crazy. That's That's insane. Clearly human remains. (laughs) Nope, not an actual body. Sheriff won't buy it. He won't stop Muskegee Madness. Nope. So he puts the bucket of guts back in the fridge. So I guess it won't spoil or something. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta put this back in the fridge. Uh, back to Anne. The cicadas get louder as we see Leroy in his rowboat rowing up behind her on the to the dock. Anne doesn't see him since she's meditating with her eyes closed. Leroy picks up his fishing pole, casts his lure at Anne. But he's like, argh, argh. yeah. Uh, the hooks of the lure hook into her hand. She screams, gets up, starts to run away, but stops to pull the hooks yeah, out. She pulls the hooks out, and she she actually does something smart here. She lassos the the lure. Around. See, I, I didn't know if she did that intentionally, or if she just when she dropped it, it just got caught on the the. No, ra- she, the, she wrapped the ladder. it around so he couldn't, you know. Okay, recast. I miss. I didn't realize she did it herself. I thought it just happened. No, she she wrapped it around herself. Okay, so she um, pulls the bucket and then wraps around the ladder that leads that that's from the dock into the lake, uh, and then she runs for the gondola thing, but it's at the top of the hill, so she has to wait for it to come all the way back down, which makes zero sense. Right. Because she would have had to have used it to get down here in the first place, so the gondola should be down there waiting for her already. Or she just walks down. You, that's my next point, because the first the gondola starts, it's super slow. It's like the slowest moving thing in the world. Leroy's struggling with his reel, trying to reel it back, untangle it. He says, fuck it. He clips yeah, it. he clips it. And then has to tie a new get, lure. He, yes, he, so he has the time to tie a new lure line, re 
line his pole, attach the new lure, and Anne continues to stand there waiting for the gondola. Which like, pisses me off that because there's no reason she has to stand there in the first place. Just get away from the lake. It's not like this is cliffhanger. There's not like a big gap or gate, gorge or ravine separating her from anything. She just walk up the slightly steep hill yes. and run. Like, why are just, you standing just there? Walk up the guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But this isn't no, a mountain. It's this not. Is, it's not like it's a not 90 Swiss, It's not the Swiss Alps and you're waiting for your ski lift. It's just a fucking hill. <laughs> Go up the hill. And, but, and I mean, she can, this bitch can really run up the hill, but it's, it's, God. She just stands there. She stands there so fucking long that Leroy has time to completely reline, relure his fishing pole, and row his boat around the other side of the dock to where Anne is. And rowing a boat is not a speedy endeavor. No. And even 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 when he comes in the line of sight, all she has to do is either either one walk up the hill or, or two, two sidestep sidestep behind there's like, the there's fucking like a cabin. Boat. Yeah, there's, it's not the cabin; it's like a boathouse or some yeah, boathouse cabin, whatever you want to call it. On the dock, yeah. Uh, all you have to do, you can sidestep behind the thing. This is so easy to avoid. It's the easiest. It, it, it's maddening. This is almost worse than fucking thinner. It's so bad. This is so bad. Leroy stands up in his boat, casts his line at Anne, who's looking right at him, by the way. Yeah. She stands there, screams. not moving, screams. And oh, by the way, this casting shot would be fucking impossible because Leroy would either have to cast the lure up and over the boathouse and hook it onto her from above, or the lure and the line would have to make a 90 degree turn in around the building's corner in order to hook onto Anne. But it happens somehow. You're just not a believer, Marshall. <laughs> not a believer. <laughs> uh, he, th- this guy, Leroy Lucas, is like the fucking Hawkeye of fishing. He is like that. Like he's, Hawkeye is with a bow. Leroy Lukey is with a fishing yeah, rod. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I've, I've laughed at you. I've, I've had like five beers. I'm doing all the talking. Shut up. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> trying to ins- he's trying to insult my manliness and my drinking ability. <laughs> As I sip my beer. He's down in it now. Yeah, boy. There. All right. There. Done. As I pause to have, have the last beer. All right, moving on to Natty Light. <laughs> uh, hey, man. Nothing wrong. I drank a shit ton of that in college, man. Yeah. yeah. So, I remember in college days, we get like a 30-pack for like eight bucks. You know what's nice about like Natty that. Light, honestly, is that it's uh, it's incre- it's it's cheap. It's light. It's, it doesn't it have a lot of flavor. Goes on, yeah, it's good. But also has a relative for, for a light beer. I know a lot of people will be like, for a light beer, it actually has a decent alcohol content. Well, there you go. Another reason why we loved it so much in college. Yeah, 4.2 for a light beer. That's pretty good. I mean, Budweiser itself is like five, I think five. Yeah. And this but is, heavy. This is, a, this is this is like drinking water. Yeah. Really. Um, so anyway, it black it, it blacks out as Anne stands there screaming. Uh, we go back to the bait shop we go where Pete and Evelyn are still snooping around when they spot Leroy coming back in his rowboat. So they turn off the lights, they flee the scene, and return to their cabin. Pete finds the boombox out on the dock, still playing that "Fishing for Your Love" song. And <laughs> is Pete, that a real song? I looked it up. I couldn't find it. Oh. I was trying because I, I wanted it to play in the opening, the, yeah. the in, in, introduction. But I looked up. I typed it on. I went to iTunes, typed in "Fishing, yeah. fishing up your love" or "Fish for your love." And I typed in Vicky Lee. 
uh, Vicky Lee came up, but I couldn't find anything with this song. I don't yeah. know. And there were like a couple of different things. So I don't, there might be more than one Vicky Lee. So it so. might be a real song. It might be, or it could just be a weird thing that yeah. guys got for this movie. If they did it for the movie, I must tip my cap because it was a pretty catchy little song. Um, and definitely like very, a period piece. They're definitely yeah. like an old piece from like the, would have been like the forties or something like that. Thirties yeah, or forties. Fifties, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, Pete, he finds the boombox playing a song and instantly jumps to the conclusion that Lukey has kidnapped Anne and he wants to go after him. Evelyn stops him from basically storming the castle, if you will. Um, but it, I find it really weird that why would Pete assume that Leroy just kidnapped Anne instead of just killing her like everybody else? It's it's they, the weirdest conclusion. They always have these, and they're always right. They are always right, but it's, it's like, like, why would you make that? Like There's when they, no when they find the boat with Rodney's blood, and Rodney's been murdered. Murdered. Not oh my god, he's been kidnapped or, or something happened, or he fell off the boat and he's stranded. Yeah, it's always he's been murdered. Yes, they're correct. Yes. <laughs> But there's no really evidence to point to that. There's more evidence to that, him being murdered, than Anne being kidnapped. And so now they're like, she's gone. She must be kidnapped and being held hostage. Yeah. Why would you make that assumption? Exactly. It makes zero sense to me. I don't get it all because there's zero it's evidence. more likely that she's, she's fucking dead. dead. Yeah, exactly. You follow the career of it. She's just dead. He killed her. Not, And that would be a bigger payoff for like, I see, I, I got revenge, and I'm going to go after and kill this bastard. And then... Holy shit, Anne's life. Oh, Hooray! Right, big yeah. That would be make more sense. That would be and still and that would be a bigger like, oh, she's alive moment. Yay! Because hooray. because they planned their attack based on the fact that she's still alive. alive. Yeah. I so it's it's just yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um Evelyn says they need to use proper tactics and smoke Leroy out. And again, Wayne just pops up yeah. out of nowhere. Wayne just pops up. Yo, you guys are going to go attack Leroy? I'm in. But he's like, what's all this racket about? And this quit, time, quit yelling. This time he's holding a rifle. Uh, Pete and Evelyn try to convince Leroy, convince him that Leroy is the killer. Evelyn shows him Bev's ring that he found in Leroy's bait tank. Uh, the camera cuts to the RV kid who's still lingering around now, too. I don't know why. He's just there. He's just there. Like, like, I love it's like they're panning around those three. And then they just pan over the RV kid. He's like, I'm here, too. I'm here, too. And the thing is, like, why? I still understand why he's there, too. He has a sister. Where's his sister? And why is he not with his sister? Yeah, if his, both his parents are missing, don't you think the sister, who isn't, like, 12, she's, like, 18, 16, 18, should be taking care of the kid a bit more than this? She's just like... What happened to the sister? Dude, she... Uh, I think she's she's taking the role of Bev now. I guess. I think she's going to be the town goody two-shoes. Well, I'm stuck in this town. I might as well just whore it up, I'm gonna, I guess. I'm going to be the new Bev. I'm going to be nice to everybody and give everybody blowjobs. All right. Uh, anyway, the RV kid says he has the lucky bullet from... You know, he guys he stole from He's like, yeah, Le- Leroy's shop somehow. What a shitty kid. <laughs> yeah, I stole this bullet, this lucky bullet from his shop. And what about it? And he gives it to Wayne, saying he got it from Lukey's. And I, it is fucking not. It's insane. And Wayne goes back and do like. He starts oh, crying. He, he starts telling the story again. And he's like, Leroy must have cut the bullet out of Van Cleese, that bastard. Oh. And Wayne suggests that Pete and Evelyn use themselves as bait. To lure Leroy out. They agree to this plan and set out to put it in motion. Yes. Pete gets in the rowboat, rows out onto the lake. Here we go. This is We're going to put our plan into action. Yes, we are. Back at the bait shack, Anne is talking to Leroy, trying to get him <laughs> to set her free. And she's being like, 
She's talking to this guy like she's having Sunday morning tea with her best friend. Yeah, she's she's bound. Her hands and feet are bound. Yes, she's sitting on the on the on the on the on like the the shelf or the the counter. Yes, while while Leroy Lukey is getting all of his weapons of mayhem <laughs> yeah. gathered together, yep. sharpening axes and what have you. And she's like, well, I understand if you want to kill me, but let me tell you why you shouldn't have to kill me. I believe that, you know, just going on and on and on, just just trying to, like, psychologically outmaneuver him. Yeah. But he's not having any of no, it. Not. He's not listening to any of this. No. It's kind of comical. It's obviously done for comic relief. Yeah, I think so. But at the same time, it's just not that good. It's not. It's not. Um, Pete's arrived at the bait shop now. He's sitting out on the lake in his boat. He pulls out a revolver. Then grabs the boombox, turns it on for a split second, then he just turns it off again. Starts to panic. Yeah. Starts to hyperventilate. And still in there talking Leroy's ear off. He's had enough of her, just shoves her inside his fridge and closes the door on her. He clears out his fridge and shoves her in there. She's like, okay. I love that she goes, okay, look, listen, Leroy, if you want to kill me, that's fine. I'm an adult and I understand that you want to kill me, but I'm just not happy about it. (laughs) I was like, that's kind of funny the way she's like coming to terms with her fate. Yeah. Uh, out on the boat, Pete starts hearing Anne's voice in his head, telling him that he's too afraid to do anything. He's too afraid to make any noise, to and he's not going to do noise. anything. Uh, and now it crossfades to the sun rising over the lake. Wayne and Evan are sitting in their truck, I guess, staking out the bait shop. And I'm like, whoa! What? How long has this so been going you're on? You're telling me they've just been sitting out there all night doing nothing? nothing? And I'm like, so much for the urgency of rescuing Anne. Like, we gotta get her! Let's wait, sit in our truck for 12 hours and do nothing. Well, the plan didn't go <laughs> off. I guess uh, breakfast is on me. Yeah, let's go to the diner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Evelyn and Wayne get pissed when they see Leroy going out fishing for the morning. Yeah, yo! <laughs> he goes because, out fishing! Because that means Pete pet pussed out and didn't do his job. So Wayne decides to do it himself. We cut to Pete still sitting in the rowboat on the lake, just like rocking. He's just sitting he's got, there. He's got his head down. Yeah. Just sitting there forlorn like, I'm a pussy. Yeah. Like, I didn't do anything. So he sat there all night, did nothing. Guess who? And also I find, this is a nitpick, but I find funny that the rowboat didn't move an inch either. Like the currents, the way yeah. it didn't move, drift ashore. It just sat perfectly in the middle of the lake, right where he left it, unless all he dro- night long. Unless he dropped anchor. There was knows. no anchor on that thing. Who knows? Uh, so, but I love it. Then Lukey. we see we see Lukey in his like, fishing boat coming up behind Pete. Slowly buzzes him. <laughs> slowly, like buzzes the and, tower in the, in the most polite way of saying. And he's like, "Good morning." <laughs> uh, the most polite way of talking shit. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. like, Good morning. How you doing there? To which Pete replies, "You son of a bitch. Yeah. Fuck you." Because yeah. <laughs> Lee was so polite and so nice, and he just he just drives on past Pete. Pete sees like Ann's robe and his fishing boat, and he's like, "Fuck you, Lee! I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He does nothing. He just sits there. <laughs> Next, we see Wayne in his fishing boat with his rifle. We go back to the festival where Leroy is being announced as the new leader with a fish weighing just under 50 pounds. Wayne charges the stage, shouting that Leroy is the one doing all this. With his gun. With Yes, with his rifle. With his rifle. He's, he's like literally got him dead to rights. Yes. Rifle in the face. The sheriff comes up, grabs Wayne, takes the rifle from him, and just says, Wayne... Get out of here. Just, go home. Wayne, stop Wayne, being stop you. Being you. Just get out of here. Stop go home. Stop being so wacky. And the crowd just claps for Leroy, you know, being the new leader in the contest. And 
that's it. Then we see Wayne pleading with the sheriff. And and he's like pleading with the sheriff. He's like, he's killed a bunch of people. He's a murderer. He, all those missing people, he shopped in the bids. And the sheriff's like, listen, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I, I just got to get to the weekend. Yeah. We'll get on it next week. I got to get go to this festival, home. man. Or, you know, this is our big festival. Just get out and go home, Wayne. It reminds me of the sheriff or the, the mayor. The mayor in Jaws. Remember in Jaws? When I was like, going, I thought you were going to the the, the, uh, the mayor slash town president of Avalanche Sharks. We're like, we got to get through the ski weekend, Dude, it's man. it's the same thing. Everybody's getting murdered. There's, there's Avalanche Sharks. Just, we we got to keep the ski lodge open. That's <laughs> probably a better analogy considering we reviewed that movie. And Jaws is a classic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, like Avalanche Sharks, we just got to make it through this weekend, man. And all I promise I'll get right on the case. <laughs> I'm not going to scare 30,000 people fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, for for 30,000 people, this is like the giant fishing contest weekend. We only see like three people fishing. You see yeah. Double D, Wayne, Lukey, and Finner. So four, four people. In a place that's supposed to be overrun with tourists and fishermen, there's only four must, people must ever fishing. Must be a giant lake, man. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Pete's back in his dock fishing. So Pete has gone home and he's just fishing. So he's given up. with like, fucking, like, he doesn't care about anything. He's just fishing. Fuck everything. <laughs> and he's just casting off in the dock. And Wayne drifts up in his, up to the dock, gets out. He's going on a rant like Wayne always does. It's like, and, how dare you be such a pussy? Yeah. Why are you here? And Pete demands that Wayne teach him how to cast as good as his grandfather because he's going after Leroy. And I'm like, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, what? So what you're really going after you're going after going to war with a crazy serial killer and your weapon of choice is a goddamn fucking fishing rod? Like this is so fucking stupid, especially since we just saw that Pete had a goddamn revolver in his boat, and Wayne is holding a rifle in his hand right in front of him. I'm like, so why not just take them? And he's like, nope, nope. I'm gonna beat him at his own game and cast. But he's gonna beat him with the power of casting with ridiculously large lures, and I'm hoping to hit him. And hoping to hurt him. Wayne even has the good sense. Wayne's like, Pete, that's insane. You can't beat Lukey at his it's own like, game. Hey, look, here's a gun. I have a gun right here. He even yes, he says, he is, I he, have a rifle. He says, take the rifle take, and go. Take shoot the rifle shoot Lukey. and shoot that fucker. Like he should have done last night. He says that. He says, yeah. go take it and shoot him like he should have last He's night. He's like, nope, nope. I'm going to fucking outcast that fucker. <laughs> it's going to be Battle of Lords. And the best part is, is Pete. What he, the way he get, I have this audio clip, so you're gonna listen because it's awesome. But I, I gotta talk about the end of this clip when we get to the, when, at, when we come back. So, oh, oh, I got a lot more to say, but it's awesome. Hold on. This night was a goddamn disgrace. When things done right around here, you got to do them yourself. Your grandfather did. Fight for what you love. That's exactly what I'm doing. Teach me to cast this thing as good as my grandfather. I'm going after Ludke. There are better ways to do that, son. Granddad was no fool. Wasn't no big talker, neither. You're just gonna talk or teach me to cast? You can't beat Ludke at his own game, son. Now you take my piece here and do what you should have done last night. 
perfect, don't you? You want the perfect revenge on the man. You want to take him like he took the rest. You want to take him with a treble hook at night. Don't you? Don't you, Van Cleese? Not yet. Don't call me Van Cleese yet. I've got to fight for it. All right, so that's the clip. Don't and, call me oh, Van Cleese yet. My God, I that's love his, this scene. That's his fucking name. I know, but I love the fact that it, this movie just became like a samurai revenge movie. He's like, I don't. I haven't earned that name yet. He basically just became like Inigo Montoya or something like yeah, that. It, like, it's like I, Bruce Lee. Yeah. Teacher, you I, killed my teacher. Or and this whole in the music, boom, 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 and then Wayne's like. You want the perfect revenge? Like yeah, monologuing like this inner thought. like, take the gun, shoot the gun. Well, I love, and then he's like, he just keeps casting. He's like, oh, you want the perfect revenge. You want to get him at night with a treble hook. You Don't want- you. <laughs> Don't you keep <laughs> it. Teach me how to cast. While I'm listening to this clip, I'm thinking, once again, it brings me back to that one, like the like the opening of the um, Liquid Sword song, like the jizz album, like, do, yeah. do, do, yeah. do. My father was the greatest samurai <laughs> in the empire. <laughs> like, this kung fu story. And like yeah. that, that clip could be used on like a weird like Wu Tang rap song. Yeah, <laughs> really yeah. good. Like the the Wisconsin version. The Wisconsin yeah. thing. Yeah, the Wisconsin EP dropped. <laughs> yeah, very few people know about it. It's a hot EP. <laughs> Thirty six carps of danger. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Welcome to the 36 Carps. <laughs> okay, anyway. It's the ghost face <laughs> caster. <laughs> so then it ends and we see Wayne like like Pete cast and Wayne comes over and like starts showing him how to cast and, and adjusting like, his technique. And I'm like, like, sh- I'm like please, please yes. give me a casting montage yes. right now. I wanted that so badly. I wanted that too. I wanted to see like like targets on the wall and like they keep missing, <sighs> missing, and then like hits the target perfectly and, and Wayne's, Wayne's like, like yeah. yeah, gives him a thumbs, <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> he's blindfolded after a while. Yeah, he's casting. casting. <laughs> he's doing one hand, the other hand, left or right. And <laughs> Wayne just says like. And Wayne just <laughs> nodding in the background as like, like I have the tiger like playing metal, like hair metal plays in the background. I have the fish yeah. or something. I don't know. I have the sockeye. I have the trout. I have the trout. There we go. Keep the tease. I have the trout. Oh, I, I, I wanted that so bad, but it it, it didn't happen. Fast uh, and long, your, your reels on fire. Here we go. Fish for desire. <laughs> I feel like we can make something. Oh, that was kind of reminding me of the Bloodsport song. Yeah, that was. Casting long. Casting long. Casting long. Casting. We can do this all day, guys. We really could. We need to keep going. So, uh, uh, we just cut to later that night. Peter's back in his rowboat outside the bait shop. Uh, this whole, oh my God, from here on out, it's amazing. Uh, he turns on the boom box, cranks up the volume, grabs his fishing pole. 
Hearing the music, Leroy Lukey comes out of his bait shop ah! with his fishing pole of death, and screaming he's, in he's pain. He's screaming in pain, holding yeah. it. Ah! Leroy runs to the end of the dock where he and Pete lock eyes and seem to have a, like a bit of like an old west style standoff. There's kind of, yeah, it's like I was like a Mexican standoff or something. Like I'm yeah. waiting for that 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 whistle yeah. beat, whatever you call it. Leroy screams in pain from the music, which by the way isn't even playing anymore. Like they forgot to keep the music playing in this scene; it's just gone. Um, the, the filmmakers just forgot about yeah, it. No shit. That's a good point. Um, so why he's screaming in pain makes zero sense because it's perfectly silent. Uh, the two of them stare at each other w- with fishing poles cocked and ready, <laughs> like, 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 like they're holding guns, about ready to shoot. But like, they're sitting there with they're fishing st- poles cocked and ready, having a fucking showdown. It's a standoff with fishing poles. Muskegee ducks. <laughs> Leroy casts his line at Peter. The large lure hooks into Pete's chest. Oh, no. And Leroy's like, oh, he got him. And Leroy starts reeling it in. But Peter tries to pull. He grabs the line with his uh, one hand, like, pulls against it. He tries to pull Leroy or Leroy his way. So then Pete has this badass moment. This, is, this should be his big climactic moment where the good guy rises up. It should be like the iconic scene in the first Avengers movie when the camera pans around all the Avengers circled together in the middle of New York, the Battle of New York, and that music score hits. It's so iconic. That's what this is supposed to be like. Is you see Pete, he's got the lure in his chest. He's fighting with the line. He stands up and he lifts his fishy lure up, his fishy pole head, and he with one hand he. He, he casts at Leroy, and his lure hits Leroy in the chest. And, oh! and Leroy <laughs> is trying to reel it back. And while his other hand, Pete's fighting with holding his fishing pole. And they're playing tug of war with each other. The, 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 the lines. And, the and there's so many. Oh! And oh! Oh! So both of them have these giant fishing lines hooked into their chest. And they're both <laughs> yanking each other back and forth, wincing and grunting and screaming in pain. Leroy continues to reel in Pete, who has now collapsed, seemingly dead in the rowboat for some he's reason. Collapsed. He can't take it anymore. No, he's the, done. The, the <laughs> fucking fishing hooks. And his chest are too much. It's too much. He falls forward, slumped, slumped over. over and Leroy reels in yeah. his unconscious body. In we, the, cut, we cut to inside the bait shop. Leroy's sharpening one of his giant fishing fillet knives, like fillet knives, while Peter lies unconscious on the floor. Bloody chest and all. Yes. Peter wakes up and slowly reaches out and pulls the boombox. the boombox. Which I think is bullshit that the boombox would even be here in the first place. Because why would Leroy bring that in with him? Why would he keep something that causes him so much pain and forces him to go on a crazed killing spree? Or, it would make more sense for him to throw it in the lake and just be yeah. done with it. But nope. It's there. Pete pulls it over to him. Pushes the button on the boombox. Turns it on. He stands up holding it up. Leroy cowers from the boombox ah! in pain, and he's like a va- he looks like a vampire cowering from a cross or a Frankenstein from fire. Yes, that's yes. what I was. Yeah, yes. that's what I see for. So, and he, the visual of this is fucking ridiculous. Peter's standing up, holding. So he's like high for, like say anything, this guy. Yes, he's like say anything. He's, he's Leroy, full arms extended, yeah. shoving the bait in the boombox in his face, and as, Leroy's as like. Leroy's ah! like The music's horrible. The, Le- the music is so overpowering that Leroy can't do anything except flail around and then just lean up against and over his counter. Like he's lean powerless. Up, he's powerless. He's just draped across the counter. With Leroy out of commission, Pete sets the boombox down on the bait tank, opens the fridge door, yeah, out hear, comes Anne. You hear, you hear Anne on the other side going, Peter, Peter. Boom, 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 boom. She's 
pounding yeah. on the pounding on the fridge. Out she comes. They hug. She's alive. During the hug, they back into the boombox, knocking it into the bait tank full of water, which shorts it out. Uh oh. The music gone. Le- the the music gone. Leroy, the music vampire, recovers. Yeah, the music vampire. <laughs> That's what it is. It's exactly what he does. It's like when the cross gets broken, knocked out. He's like, he's like oh. my, en- my energy is returning. Yeah. My power is increasing. That's exactly what this is. And he grabs his large fish a fillet knife, and he's about. To, it's Peter's like standing from and and and, and Leroy Lukey standing. He's got his arm raised. The fillet knife is about to come down. He's like, ah! and then we hear police sirens coming this way. And this gives Leroy pause. He's not sure what to do. He looks at the Peter again. He looks. He starts to move towards Peter. He looks like he's about to stab Peter and kill him. But he just slams the knife down on the counter. Runs out the back door of his shop. We see Leroy run out of frame and into the woods as the sounds of with the sounds of twigs breaking as he runs away. Yeah. Then the movie just fades to black. Fades in on the next morning. Pete and Anne are in the car. And Kirsten too. Driving away. They stop by the giant musky statue. Take they stare last, at it for one last one last like, look. Like, oh, memories. Oh, that was oh, a fun trip. And then they just <laughs> drive away. Cut to Wayne and the sheriff outside the bait shop. By the way, we haven't talked about this yet, but this bait shop looks like it's one strong gust of wind from collapsing. It's pretty shitty looking. And, I mean, Jason's rundown shack from Friday the 13th Part 2 looks more structurally stable than this, than this bait shop does. It's pretty rickety. Uh, the sheriff asked Wayne for his help tracking down Lukey because apparently no one knows these woods better than Wayne. And, and he's, to which Wayne replies, he looks, I don't know it as well as Lukey. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Wayne looks down on his hand and we see in his palm he's holding the lucky bullet. The sheriff says to Wayne one more time, so will you help me? Wayne closes his hand around the bullet. Makes looks, a fist. Makes a fist, looks up at the sheriff and says, the best I can. And we cut to scenic shots of the lake and its coastline. Birds are chirping. It's beautiful. The cicadas start to get all loud again. And we hear the sound of Leroy screaming in pain in the woods somewhere. Blackout. Roll credits. That's Bloodhook, guys. Jesus. And I gotta ask, though, like, what the fuck happened to Kirsten? Like, she... (laughs) She comes back from this traumatic experience on this boat. She's freaking out. And Peter's like, okay, okay, just go make a, go, go inside, call for help. I'll come, I'll, we'll see. We never see her again. She is not involved in the plot to help get I their friend she, I back. I thought she was in the truck going It was home. Anne. It was I, just, I thought it was her too. I no. Was I just her saw, in the back seat. I saw Anne in the back seat and Peter in the front seat. I thought she was in the same car. I, I was, was looking for her. I was desperately looking. All I mm. saw was Peter in the front. And in the back because they want to get both them shots looking out the side, the same side of the car for that shot of the statue. So Kirsten, but then when they drive away, I'm looking for three heads, three. So all I see are two. Kirsten just disappears as so far as I know. Maybe Kirsten hooked up with a RV girl. <laughs> maybe her and RV and girl and just decided, you know what? Let's be lesbian lovers out here in the woods. It just they just like it's like the writers just forgot about that entire character completely. Yeah. Like, why did they even bring her back? Yeah, it's like why, why? did they even bring her back? Yeah, if why exactly why bring her back if why she's not they... gonna do anything in the outcome? She's she not is... gonna help solve it or win the day. She's just there. Dude, she, it's, it's, it's so it's... funny. I bet you anything the actress is like, look, I don't wanna die. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't wanna be some dead bitch. I don't wanna be another body count. Fine, we'll bring you back. You're useless. I doubt that because I'm it's not like she had just, any pull. It's not like she's it's like, it's like it scarred your hands on the cool kid and say, nope, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm making just... an excuse, man. Okay. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> 
Why did they bring her back? It makes it, it no makes sense. It makes no sense. There's no... Anyway, that's Bloodhook, guys. Let's move on to our favorite kills. There can be only one favorite kill. All right, favorite kills. Aaron. They all suck. <laughs> they all, like, last week we had nothing but throat slits. This week is nothing but fucking lures in the chest. And that's not, I'm sorry. That's not going to kill you. Nope. That is not going to kill you. It's going to hurt really bad. It's really going to hurt. If a fishing lure with nine hooks got hooked onto my arm or chest or something, I could tear it off and be like, ah! It hurts, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to hurt so bad, and it's going to suck so much. Is it going to kill me? Probably not. The chances are very, very low of that killing you. Mm-hmm. So, it's so weak. <laughs> it's so weak. <laughs> the but, only one that might, I would say, might, might actually be, would come close to being a kill would be the RV mom, because it went around her neck. And the more he pulls yeah. on it, it would tighten around. So, you could say, and it's fishing line. That could, like, that could, like, like sure. we've seen people, like, in old movies, like, like use like a piano wire as a, as a, like a yeah, yeah, garrot yeah. garrot or something like, but basically like and it rips through the skin. Mm-hmm. So that's the only one you could kind of make. I mean, that could be an actual Colombian necktie. Yeah, everything. Yeah, um, Luca Brazzi got it in Godfather. But anyway, yeah. that's uh. Yeah. But yeah, my favorite is probably gonna be um Finner. Really? Yeah, because it was so <laughs> ridiculous. He got in the side of the face, ripped off his ear, jumped overboard, and said, "Oh shit! Should have done that." <laughs> Try to climb back on the boat as it's getting reeled in. He's still hanging on. It's <laughs> a gapping so, hook. Yes. Yeah. It's so stupid. It is it's so, so dumb. stupid. Uh, it's so dumb. <laughs> but I like the follow up with the fish hook through the bottom of the jaw. Yeah, the follow up. Uh, that's follow-up. that is a good effect. But uh, I I gotta say, as much fun as I had laughing my ass off at that scene. I think my favorite kill is actually Rodney, just because he gets it in the crotch. He does. He and gets, then what made oh. me laugh, not at the stupidity of Finch, like Finch choices, but the fact that when he's getting yanked back, he gets smacked headfirst into the motor, yeah, which made does. me chuckle, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets dragged into the water. I actually, my, Rodney was my favorite kill right. for that week. All right, so that's that. Let's move on to the odds and ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh. What is wrong with these guys? All right, ratings. Uh, IMDb gives it a 4.2 out of 10. Uh, it has no thermometer score, but it has a 31% audience score. Huh. Amazon, 3 out of 5. Uh, plot keywords, there were 59 plot keywords. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's so weird how some of these movies have so many. Yeah, and then others have like none. Uh, include, 59 including fishing, fishing contest, night swimming, and midnight swim. Hmm. Bare breast, which is... Uh, Long shot because you yeah. technically Wisconsin fishing lore and rod and we, rod and reel were true. <laughs> so there you go. Um, trivia. There was actually quite a bit of trivia on this. Some I left out. Really? Yeah. Um, so the community of Hayward, Wisconsin, where this film was set, is actually does exist. It's a real place, and the giant fiberglass muskie statue is a real local landmark. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. In the television show Parks and Recreation, one of their Halloween specials in 2012. Bloodhook is a scary movie that plays at the Pawnee City Hall Scary Movie Night, <laughs> but they refer to it as Death Canoe 4. <laughs> um, the film... That's, that's when Rhea's gonna... That's when... Uh, uh, I fucked what the character's name is. Uh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Well, do you remember the actor? Yeah, her name is Rita. It's just one word. 
Oh, oh, yeah, the fat black, the black, lady. The fat black lady. Yeah, yeah. What's her name in the movie? Ch- television Rita's show. the actor. Yeah, her uh, Donna. Yes, Donna. Donna's like live tweeting it the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Um, the original title was called Musky Madness. Uh, in fact, many of the cast and crew still refer to the film by that title. However, when Troma picked up for distribution, they didn't think people would know what the hell a musky was, so they changed it to more generic blood hook. Makes sense. Yes. Most of the crew came from public television background. The crew. Um, the house used for Peter Van Cleve's lake cabin belonged to the that belonged to the grand, belonged to the grandparents of writer producer Dave Herbert. The cabin is located on Owen Lake in Wisconsin, and was used and also used in popular beer commercials for its scenic beauty. Sweet. Uh, star Lisa Tai was originally supposed to show her breasts on screen during the lovemaking scene with Mark Jacobs, but declined during the shoot. The scene was then filmed with her back to the camera. Oh, we got a little side titty. Yeah. Uh, Man, I would. I kind of wanted to see him too. Cause she is tan. She is really. She's tan. a good looking girl. She was. They were both good looking girls. Very tan. I'm like, okay, let me see. Like, she's, she's. And honestly, when when we see that side too, like, oh, those are a lot bigger than I thought they were. Gonna yes. Because the whole movie, she's like really flummed. She, she looked much smaller chest, and then I'm like, oh. There's a nice surprise. Now that's a titty. That's a titty. <laughs> uh, speaking of Lisa Ann, despite later becoming friends, Lisa Todd had a disagreement with Mark Jacobs, and the two did not speak to each other during most of the production, which way that makeup seemed very awkward. Uh, makeup special effects Jim Sellers got pulled over for speeding one night on his way to production. Much was alarmed. The policeman noticed his car was full of fake body parts, which they were going to be for the movie. However, the Sellers showed him the props and demonstrated how they worked. He was let out of the speeding ticket. Nice. The giant fishing lures that the killer uses were made of styrofoam, and the hooks were made of nylon. Uh, and the MPAA threatened to give Bloodhook an X rating for the shot where Finner has a fishing rope drove through his mouth. Really? Later, a deal was struck, and the shot was it was remade. And the shot stayed in the film. Obviously, there are some more. There's one piece of trivia I didn't write down because I was I couldn't verify it, but but so take it while it's worth. But there's one lady who wrote something down that said. Who lived in the area? Like, so I lived there when they were filming this. I'm from this area, and she said that uh, there's a big that during the shooting that a kid died in the lake from running into a boat propeller. Like, it got caught up by a boat propeller. Holy shit! But and, but nobody ever talked about it, and it was kind of covered or something like that. But I was like, eh, I, I can't verify. I couldn't verify it. I right, looked. I right, couldn't right. like that could just be some lady. You know, like. I'm just making up shit to, you know, yeah. sound good on the but internet. But that's an obscure one to, like, make something up on. Yeah, but at the same time, it's so obscure to make something up on that. No one, it's like, no one's really going to challenge it. It's not like saying, oh, yeah, I was yeah. there when they shot Avengers and Endgame and fucking this kid died and exploded. Yeah, yeah, that. I mean, yeah. Cause, yeah, so, I don't know. I couldn't verify it. If it's true, that's crazy. If it's not, it's, I don't know. All right, anyway, moving on because we're running long. Uh, it does week bring us to this week's budget game. Shit. They spent how much? The budget game. All right, Aaron, you get to guess the budget of the 1986 Bloodhook. $300,000. God damn, you're getting better at this game. That yeah. was a fast guess. Uh, you're so off, but you're fucking close. $200,000. Yeah! So I'm giving you the win again. I'll give you the win for that. Nice. That was the fastest budget game ever. There is <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, all right, well, there's I, that. I, just like, <laughs> I think I got it. You know, I was like looking, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, yeah. $300,000. All right. Well, there's that. Let's move on to this week's <laughs> five-star reviews. Is this your guilty pleasure? Five-star reviews. Uh, five-star reviews. There were 29 total reviews on Amazon. 45% are five-star. 31% are one-star. So here we go. From Is Me, t- entitled As Close to Perfect as a Movie Can Come. 
Bloodhook is a tour de force of understated filmmaking and a masterclass in meta storytelling. It has all the components you need to create an epic theater experience. Blood, fish, hooks, cicadas, and muskies. I defy you to name a single film that brings all five of these essential cinematic elements together with such elan. No other film comes close to capturing the horror and banality of upper Midwest competitive fishing. Don't listen to the chum. Marvel for yourself at this genre-defining documentary about the perils of mixing recreation with bad music and cicadas. Five stars. True. No other film does combine is, those things. Uh, very true. Uh, from I Bought This Stuff. He writes, terrible movie, but I had to buy it, smiley face. Good for the price. Five stars. Okay. <laughs> what? Um, from Mudjack, a lesson on fishing in the waters of your personal fears. That's the title of his review. Jesus. Bloodhook is more than just a classic thriller. It is a lesson on dealing with the demons we each face in our lives. Peter, I have to fight for that name, Van Cleese, returns to his childhood sanctuary <laughs> to face the nightmare of his past, the big treble hook that took out his grandfather. Rather than continuing his 17-year run from the challenge, Peter took his best shot at doing what was right in his climactic final scene. I won't spoil it for others, but trust me when I, when I say you will leave this movie with the willpower to face the Leroy Lukies in your life. Entertaining, fun, and inspiring. Five stars. From JCA, no need for a fillet knife. This movie will split you wide open from laughter. Five stars. <laughs> Not bad. Last two. All right. From Mr. Bick. This movie saved my life. Prior to watching, I was just a weak person, barely able to face the challenges in my meager life. Heck, just walking upstairs from my mom's basement made me shake with fear, partially because of the pit bull. But now I'm a changed man. Bloodhook equals steroids for me. Now I get up each day ready to tackle the Leroy Lukies in my life. Last week, it was walking through some of those crazy skateboarding kids, and yesterday it was a TV dinner. <laughs> Who knows what it will be today, but one thing is for sure. With the thoughts of the venerable Peter Van Cleese in my mind, I'm sure to overcome the challenge. Some people have Tony Robbins or Zig Ziglar. For me, it's Bloodhook. If you're looking for a confidence boost or a roadmap to tackling life's challenges, this movie is for you. Thank you, Peter Van Cleese. Five stars. Nice review. That's funny. And last one from Irene Kaczynski. Okay, this is the this is wasn't treated. It's the, this is what I was talking about the okay. kids. So it yeah. was a review. Okay, so here's what it says. Okay, well I don't own this yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Good start on a five star review. Yeah. I live in Haywood, Wisconsin, where the movie is filmed, and have got to say, you mentioned the words "bloodhook" around here. Everyone just laughs because they all they all know about this cheesy Bill B film. However worth the watch. I live two miles from where they shot scenes from this movie and have to fill everyone in on what really happened. During one day of filming, they were shooting a boat scene and no one knew the area wasn't cleared and a kid got sucked into the motor and it died. Uh, it was really gory and yeah, but whoever was swimming in that area was crazy because it's nasty water anyway. Anyways, take this from someone who lives there where they filmed this. Watch it, if not for the horror, but for the laughs, it will surely give you musky madness. Ha ha. However, this town annually celebrates a musky fishing tournament and ends with a festival called Musky Fest every June. Enjoy! Five stars. I know where we're going next year. Damn right. We're, we're going to Musky Fest. We're, and we're going to record it's live. A, it's, it's a little too late now. It's, yeah, but yeah. next year? I don't know. June, we can hightail it up there, man. But that's why I said take it out of the grain saw. Because yeah. she says, oh yeah, kid just got sucked into a propeller and he died. And it was really gory and like... You think something like that in a small town, they probably shut down production or yeah. something would happen. You'd yeah. hear about that. And also, I don't know. 
I've been around boats. You can't really get sucked into a mo- like of if it's like I'm assuming it's a boat like a motorboat, the fishing boat, outboard. You can't really get sucked into those things too easily because they're you not get, that you powerful. Get, you get hit by it. Basically. You get hit by yeah. it. if you run into it. Yeah, it will kill you. It'll but fuck you up. but it's yeah. not unless they're gonna suck you into it unless you're already like have your face like right in front of the thing. I mean, it, like yes, barges on the Mississippi River, you can get sucked under sure. their undertow and get sucked down and drown that way. But you're not gonna get sucked into an outboard motor. So take that for what it's worth. Fun, but the rest of the review is interesting. Yeah, yeah, pretty fun. All right, so that's that. Um, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. That's uh, the end of the day, end, end of the fishing trip. And fishing trips come to end. Yeah, Aaron, what's so your what's your uh, final? Time to, to box up the tackle. Yep. Time to put away the custom reels. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna have to say, so bad, it's scary. Uh, yeah, it, it just felt like it missed the marks for what it could have been. Um, the effects overall, the effects were bad. Uh, there was an effect of the guy of Finner getting the thing through the jaw. The effects were bad. The opportunity for camp was so ripe, <laughs> so 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 ripe for fun, campy ridiculousness, and I, they just didn't do it right. And maybe it's because it was in the early '80s or mid '80s where they just were yeah. still trying to like find their way through like how campy can you be. Because they just did not, they didn't push it, they didn't go anywhere, they didn't do anything new, they didn't do anything different right. from what we've already seen from that era, you know. Um, and I'm sorry, but man, if someone, if, if nine fish hooks stuck into my chest right now, <laughs> I'd be really pissed, but I'd rip it out and scream and go, God damn! You know, it would hurt horribly, I would have, probably have to go to the hospital, but I'd also be like, fuck you, I'm out, and just leave. <laughs> you know, the fact that... All these people get killed from this way. It's so dumb. <laughs> oh, this movie's just dumb. <laughs> it's just a dumb movie. I think it had opportunity, but dumb, 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 just dumb, <laughs> fucking dumb movie. So uh, bad, scary. I'm on the other end of the fishing pole than you, man. I've seen so bad, it's good. Oh no! <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Yes, it's a terrible movie. It's insanely dumb, but at the same time. I kind of like it because oh. it's such a unique specimen. It's a fucking fishing slasher horror movie. It's in the premise alone is insane. I will and worth watching. With that. But again, like we talk about the the Evelyn's crazy rants, Wayne's rants. The, the Kirsten's not a bad actress. The kills are Finner's death are ridiculous. The standoff with Pete and Lukey at the end is hilarious. When they're f- dueling casting, dueling casting. It's and then like that. Samurai revenge moment that he is like, teach me to cast like my granddad. I haven't earned the name Van Cleese yet. No. Like, it's fucking hilarious. It is and the deaths are so bad. Like you said, they're awful. They wouldn't kill you, but so watching bad. people get yanked around by a giant fishing lure tickled my funny bone, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, it's, I think it's worth a watch because it's such a unique experience. I, def- I say so bad, it's good. It definitely is unique. And you know what, honestly? The, it was not poorly acted. No, that's what I'm saying. The acting is not that all bad. The, all, all of them did pretty well. Yeah. I mean, especially coming off of fucking... I mean, we're watching this on the heels of last summer party, so everybody looks like a fucking Academy yeah. Award winner now. But, yeah, seriously, they're not, they're not bad. I mean, you have, you have young... Poor, poor man's young Nicolas Cage is the lead. And 
Ronnie's fine. Kirsten knocks it out of the park. But it just didn't fucking do it for me. It just I get it. That's fine. That's you. That's for you. It didn't, didn't get over the hump. I mean, it just it felt like they could have been so much more campy and ridiculous and fun and I agree. They they weird they, they, they did go a little too serious. If they went a little more campy, I I get it too. But at the same time, I love like it's so bad. It's so insanely weird. <laughs> it, 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 it needs to be watched though because it's such a unique moment of cinematic horror history it's never again like okay would you no. remake this no would you want to remake this no <laughs> See? and if i did i would make it a lot more fun okay i do it in way more slapsticky silly I'm saying, because it's a fishing fishing, fishing killer I know, movie that's what I'm saying. never again will you see this so like you need to watch this to experience it so bad it's good we're split this week um all right guys we're, we ran really long this week but uh i hope you guys stayed with us and if you did i really appreciate it thank you very much uh, we love you all. Give us a five star rating. Yeah, go yeah, go on to iTunes and give us five star reviews and and anywhere else you listen to our show. Uh, in the meantime, guys, watch more horror movies and remember to always keep it tight. <laughs>